Yes, kids, that's right. It's another episode of the Nitrogen Podcast with the same old two familiar faces. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't really done much. Um, but the rain's changed everything. Summer is now officially over until two weeks down the line when it comes back for another two weeks. Uh, <laughs> Brian's got his heater on, apparently. And I am just sat here wondering what to do with my life after watching this episode of Nitro. I'm considering drinking myself into oblivion, and that won't be the first time in the past couple of weeks. Brian, how goes it, my friend? It goes pretty well. Uh, we have been talking for about an hour because we really, really put off doing this episode. <laughs> it's not a good one, guys. It's really not a good one. I've spent the last three days watching this episode, like on and off. I watched the first match, and then for two days, I didn't take any notes. And then the last night, I'm like, shit, I better take notes. And then it took like another three hours to actually do that. And this is a one and a half hour episode. It should be easy. I actually did put out a tweet and you said that uh, you saw it. And uh, you, know, you were you went in uh, watching this with a little bit of trepidation. Like, basically, I, I, I were like, you know, raw three hours, no thanks. And then I go and spend fucking several days and several hours in one sitting watching this episode of Nitro. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like yeah. it prolonged the... Uh the pain there by not even trying to push through i just i just pushed through today i did, I did have to pause it a couple of times but um yeah i had to push through today because it was a bit of a i managed to pick out some positive points you know i'm remaining positive and everything like that but yeah yeah there's some there is some good stuff on it it's just uh it's a it, weird one it's a really it, weird yeah, one a very weird balance yeah. there, there is problems and uh we'll get into that yeah uh, otherwise what, what's the point in fucking doing this podcast and that's it folks we'll tell you <laughs> join us for another episode <laughs> no there's there's plenty for us to talk about as well that we've we've actually not talked in the past hour about um that's been happening in the wonderful world in general let alone just the wonderful world of wrestling of course we're we're coming off the back of a rather interesting AEW uh, presentation a couple of days ago with Chris Jericho and Nick Gage, of all people. Um, so there's plenty for us to be talking about during this podcast episode, and we hope you'll keep joining us. And as always, engage with us on Twitter, at NitrogenCast, and he's at Brian Talks Crap. if you want to see him tweeting about not watching a three-hour row, but watching Nitro over the course of three days. Um, Huntsville, Alabama is where we are today, and everybody knows who's from Huntsville. 19th yeah. of... Yeah. August 1996, uh, Von Braun Civic Centre, attendance of 5,850 people. Decent attendance for WCW. Yeah, not bad. Mm. But yeah, uh, we all know he's from fucking Honso. Uh, in fact, the first thing I actually wrote was, uh, I wonder if a young comrade is here pitching an ad for his family uh, mortgage company. <laughs> I thought you were going to say family jewels then. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't fucking put it past him. Your mind's in the gutter, Mal. Well, you know what I mean? That's just my life, isn't it, really? Um... Commentary desk is obviously the usual suspects. Bobby the Brain Heenan and Eric Bischoff take over for hour two. But first, it's Larry Zabisco and Tony Schiavone. And we don't really mess around here, do we? We go straight into Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus VK Wall Street with a, a few highlights from the Clash of the Champions, obviously, reminding people that VK Wall Street actually won that one because Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Zabisco mentions this as well, reminding us that Duggan lost the bout because he was taping up his fist and the referee kind of got a little bit tied up in in the tape uh, you can always go into the archive for our last episode which is the clash of the champions watch along uh, we do slightly detail that but i'm pretty sure we're talking about something else because who the fuck wants to watch vk wall street versus hacksaw jim snoozing yeah well put it this way uh the moment tony calls it a big ra- uh, return match i was ready to turn this off <laughs> <laughs> i can see where you're coming from there to be honest if, if that's yeah. if that's the way you're starting you know that things probably aren't going to get any better 
big return match. Like, come on, really? Fucking hell. Go back to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, so... But, but I did like Zabisco in this one, basically saying that Karma's gone gone round and, um, yeah, he was using a foreign object, so it's good to see him actually lose the bout. Uh, it was a bit hawky, I suppose, but but the finish does, does kind of make sense if you do it right. The finish was only good because of Nick Patrick's reaction. It's like he was a fucking gold mine of reactions on, the, on Clash. It was not Nick Patrick. It was... Um, oh, yes. I forgot. I'm trying to fucking think who it was It wasn't now, Randy right? Anderson. It might have been the third one. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking. Of, I'm clearly thinking of a different match here. Well, I might. I might have been thinking of the main event. The reactions from uh, Nick Patrick. I mean, that whole event, Nick Patrick was a fucking G on it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and, and it's no different on this. To be fair, really, is it? Um, one of the th- one of the things that WCW have got at this moment in time going for him is that you, you you are kind of watching the referee at all times just to see like. If he's actually doing what he's doing, or maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just being highly critical of Nick Patrick, and I'm just trying to pick up on the things that he's doing wrong. Or maybe we just don't want to actually watch Jim Duggan and VK Wall Street put that, on a very 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 generic wrestling match. That's true. Well, you, you and that was me sugarcoating it. <laughs> well, I'll allow you five minutes, Brian, here because I have called this move for move. So, no, I haven't. I'm lying. I'm completely lying. Uh, <laughs> Well, you you said you gave me five minutes. Like, I, I'm going to sum this up. Long sleeper by VK. Long <laughs> kick by me. Yeah, you're going to give me five minutes. I mean, I'll 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 do a fucking Nick Patrick. I'll just get right on the floor. Yeah. You know, just get into get into position. Have a little nap. Pretend I don't see a finish. Nick Naptrick strikes again. Yeah. Uh, all I wrote was things happened, nobody cared. Jim Duggan defeats VK <laughs> Wall Street five minutes and twenty eight seconds. I did. I have detailed the finish. Nick Patrick uh, argues with Duggan uh, and takes the tape off him after he pulls it out of his tights. VK grabs the tape off Nick Patrick, wraps his fist up with it, but Duggan has a second wrap, wraps his own fist, hits VK, and Patrick duly counts the three count, even though he argued that it was a foreign object and it isn't a DQ. Bore off. Yeah, basically it's a. Uh... Third time lucky rules match. Yeah. You know, the first the first two are illegal, but the third one it's like, who knows? Yeah. You know? And he's just like, ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah, so this is the beginning and Nick Patrick's already shenanigans. Uh Duggan is in the mic with Gene, and obviously he cuts well, he does cut the same promo more or less that he cut at Disney, but he's interrupted by the macho man Randy Savage. Um on his way down, actually, I, I did notice that, that the crowd seemed to be in, in armoured with um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan here. They hung on every word that he had to say, even though it was all repetitive, and they actually gave a decent reaction in the yeah, match. The, what a surprise. The guy that shouts USA, USA, USA is over with the USA crowd. Yeah. Well, we've from <laughs> fucking Donald Trump's presidency that you can use buzz, buzzwords, anything that's patriotic, and you'll get over with a, a subsection of the US audience. The US population in Trump's terms, obviously, but uh, yeah, it, it's not hacksaw that's over, it's USA that's over, yeah. And to be fair, you're saying words, words are for the more, I don't know, what, what shall we say, educated states, whereas I, Alabama, not so much, so it's letters. Um, so USA really does resonate with these people. Only joking, we're winding you up. Uh, that's if anybody does listen to us in Alabama, buy a t shirt, not now. Well, it's 50 other states, it's fine. Um, well, fucking hell, you're, and you're calling them uneducated. There's 49 other states. No, there's 51. No, there's 50. There's 51. 
Are you fucking sure about that? I am 100% sure about that. There's 51 states in America. No, there's a film called The 51st State. Yeah, there's 51 states. Okay, uh, Alexa, how many states are in the US? The United States has 50 states. There you go. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona. Alexa, stop. She's going through all, every single one of them. Yeah, and she started with Alabama. I'm like, yeah, we're on that. Thanks, Alexa. She's yeah, wrong. 50, 50 states. I am an expert on the US. She's wrong. <laughs> She's not. She is wrong. I'm on Wikipedia now. 51. And Wikipedia is reputable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I need, I need explaining. I need educating then. So what is the 51st state then? A film. It's a post-1959 American political discourse, a phrase that refers to areas or locales that are serious, or seriously or facetiously considered candidates for U.S. statehood, joining ah. the 50 states that presently compose the United States of America. Okay, then. So this is... That, they're going to be disputing places like Washington, D.C., which is not a state, or uh, Puerto Rico, which is... It's own it's it's its own country, but it's under US government. It does say the District of Columbia as well. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, fifty states. Right, okay. By the way, and I not, learned that from wrestling. What, that there's fifty states? Did you not just learn it from the amount of stars on a flag? Well, I I'm 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 well I'm, I'm, there's a problem I'm, with that, but <laughs> <laughs> You caught me off guard with that one. Basically, growing up as a wrestling fan. I heard all these different states and all that, and I actually wrote them down. That's how I got my knowledge of like America, like just states and shit like that. Like I did have know, a funny bo- feeling. I know, I know, Boise. Really. I know Boise's in Idaho, like just because of wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and there's also a play, uh, place like uh, there's fucking. Never mind. It's gone. Thought's gone. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's just move on. I did think you were going the friends route, though. Like, you, you, they, they try and name the fucking the states, don't they? And then he names the same one twice, and he can't eat until he does. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember uh, Kansas City and there's Kansas, but Kansas City's not in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. There's shit like that as well. Just like it, us, it, we ain't in Kansas anymore. Hey. <laughs> he was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Shaw's out. He's not from Kansas. He said, uh, I've got a problem with Hulk Hogan. And that they're on the same frequency, him and Jim Duggan, obviously. Right. He, did, he didn't say that. He said, I am got a problem with Hulk Hogan. Fucking, I can't do the voice anymore. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, yeah. I am got a problem with Hulk Hogan. Uh, and just so you know, listeners, uh, that is not the, f- the only time that somebody trips up over the words in this entire episode. There must be at least six. Uh, this, uh, this is really, like, I don't know. Everybody's just having a, a bit of an off day at the office here in uh, in Hurtsville. Yeah, even Duggan is, mm, yeah. you know. Which goes against what Tony called him. Tony says he's very intelligent. Okay. Which, by the, by the way, uh, that was the uh, beginning of the match. He calls uh, Jim Duggan a very intelligent man. And the first thing that Larry says is, are you ribbing? And, uh, you know, me and Larry on the same wavelength because clearly fucking Tony is. <laughs> very true. The guy that fucking walks around with his thumb in the air and his tongue sticking out of the side of his mouth is apparently an intelligent guy. He knows two words. Ho! Well, he knows three letters and two words. Ho! And USA. You know, <laughs> this isn't actually him talking. This isn't him talking. This is basically it's dubbed, dubbed uh, audio. This is not Dylan talking. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, somebody's backstage, just 
dubbing it over. And to Where's be fair, it, it, again, it's five letters. H-O-U-S-A. That's all it is. Like, if that's, inte- if that, if that's intelligent, then fucking fair fucks. Um, I mean, what does hoe mean? Does he have a hoe? You know, is he a, is he a gardener? Is he calling the fans hoes? <laughs> I mean, that's fucking Godfather's gimmick, dude. Oh, dear. Um, we're hot, we're hot. We're, we're hot. <laughs> we go back... Well, maybe you need a horse. We go back <laughs> to the previous Nitro with Hogan hitting Macho with a chair a couple of times. He says he's going to make things happen. He hints that the Giant did no such thing, so tonight Macho will take on said Giant. Uh, and that he... That the WC World Heavyweight Championship has been sprayed end of York, like I said. This isn't the only time that people fuck up the promos on this episode, and I'm pretty sure we've caught them all. Yeah. He also says... I have 15,000 stitches in my head. Yeah, good effort. <laughs> the thing is, though, that's Randy Savage. I'm like, yeah, I fucking love this dude. <laughs> Anybody else said that, and I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, mate. But <laughs> Savage says this, and it's like, yeah, he's got 15,000 stitches in his head. If he says that he's got 15,000 stitches in his head, he's got 15,000 stitches in his head. Yeah, it's a hard, yeah, it's a pass, yeah. He, he gets through it, he gets away with it. He never claimed to be a mathematician. No. More highlights. <laughs> More like more highlights of the uh, past couple of weeks, including the crazy Benoit giant choke slam. Uh, Tony highlights Benoit and woman having problems as she tr- uh, tied tied him up in his jacket, which allowed Giant to elevate him further than Mount Rushmore during that choke slam. And uh, that's obviously prelude to Earl Robert Eaton facing off against Chris Benoit, who's accompanied to the ring by Miss Elizabeth and woman. Woman instantly out with the puppy eyes and sorrowful look on her face as Benoit just looks her up and down with disgust. With Liz just soaking in all the attention and is happy as Larry Zabisco. Good reactions yeah, see, from the fans, though. See, this is something I've always found funny with wrestling. It's like something happens on pay-per-view and seemingly between pay-per-view or TV specials clashes, yeah. um, between that and the next TV thing, they obviously don't air things out. They just let it go. And then they're on TV and it's like, yeah, we're mad about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just found it, I always find it funny. It's like when someone's cheating on their fucking wife or something uh, backstage and the camera's there. <laughs> and then you, it's the fallout in seven, six days at the pay-per-view. Well, what have, they, what have they done for the past six days? Have they sort of slept in separate hotels or what? Yeah, they just, you know, they didn't have mobile phones back then. No, no. It is it is a bit strange, that, and it? it's almost as if, the, the, the storyline stops for three days or four days or whatever and then carries on. This is a bit bizarre. It's, it's almost as if it's a television show, Mark. Whoa. <laughs> Head blown. Somebody uh, get Vince, uh, Vince Russo on the horn. Vince Russo's always got the horn. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> um, sake. So, yeah, good reaction from the fans who were uh, also obviously now at ringside and probably the earliest footage that I've ever seen of anybody actually bowing. So you know, like they they, they do it to, to all the legends, don't they? they? They bow at the corner and fucking whatever. But I I, I don't think I've seen it beyond anything past nineteen ninety six. This is the first time I've seen it from um, something as early as this. Zabisco gives uh, says you may as well just give woman and Liz some pom poms at ringside. Uh, yeah, as- nice uh, uh, sexism though, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> this gets a pass from me because of what Fleur says later on, but we'll get to that. Um, okay, right, what Fleur says later on, I I didn't get shit from him tonight, so I'll let you lead that one. Oh, fantastic. Oh, we're going to get a fucking brand new reaction from Dangerous Brian Bradshaw here on this one. Fuck, it's, it, it is 
special. It's really good. So stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. Is this, it is. It is sexist. It is. Is this one of those uh, how do you keep an idiot in suspense moments? And what you say later is actually going to be that impactful. Oh, it's, oh no, it's massive. Don't, just stop building up too strong. Then Mate, that's all I'm saying. It is massive. I'm not even joking. I don't even. I can't even believe you missed it. Right. Stop talking about my penis. I don't want to know. Yo. They don't want to know that. Like. Yo. <laughs> And on that note, Benoit is dismantling Eaton with stomps. Uh, outside, Benoit sends Eaton into the post, and the crowd fucking loves it. There's lots of four horsemen shirts and symbols up in the air. It's definitely horseman country. Uh, brilliant run-up and punt kick to Eaton on the outside from woman in her red stilettos while Benoit gets the referee's attention back in the ring. Running in those fucking shoes, on those fucking mats. I'm impressed. Benoit continues the onslaught in the ring inten- intensely, but Eaton manages to get a glimmer. With a grip to the throat and a swinging netbreaker. Uh, right, you, you said glimmer. I'm like, he, he's had a glimmer throughout all this match. And I mean, in that, he's fucking sweating buckets right from the off. <laughs> it must be really fucking hot in Alabama at this point. Uh, like, they, must, they mustn't have air conditioning in that arena because he's not the only one that's fucking sweating buckets from the start. Is it in not... Fact, he, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not a Blue Bloods thing? Because Regal later on, he's sweating bullets as well. Uh, okay, well, that's weird because I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, the, the, I, I get this wait, feeling it if, is a Blue Bloods thing. Maybe it's a training regime or something well, like that. If they're Blue Bloods, then that suggests that they're cold-blooded to me. Like, they won't be fucking sweating, would they? Oh, dear. That's, just, some, that's I, terrible. I, I'm just bringing biology into this, mate. <laughs> I, that's a serious fucking statement from me. Are right. we gonna drop? Are we gonna drop some more fucking knowledge now? Seeing as I got the fucking states thing wrong, um, <laughs> isn't yeah. blood blue? No, <laughs> it's fucking red. I'm pretty sure blood's blue until it touches oxygen, and oxygen makes it go red. This may be the podcast where I, I look like a complete idiot with zero and two when it comes to fucking questions like this, but. I'm not even going to bother searching that up. I'm going to let the listeners correct you on that one. Ask, um, ask Alexa. <laughs> no, it's a so it's a common misconception. Um, maybe you've heard that blood is blue in our veins because when headed back to the lungs, it lacks oxygen. But this is wrong. Human blood is never blue. The bluish color of the veins is only an optical illusion. Blue light does not penetrate as far into the tissue as red light does. So there you go. That was a myth, an urban legend, but it is something that people do say. So there you go. Anyway, uh, dropping all the fucking knowledge today, honestly. Alexa's got nothing on us. Um, where am I? Oh, I okay. Don't know. I literally do not know what to say at this point. So, <laughs> so old Robert Eaton, who's not British, by the way, just so you know, um, he goes to the top rope. He attempts a top rope leg drop. Yeah, yeah. Don't see oh, many of them, do you? Um, the worst leg drop I've ever seen. Oh, he fucks this big time. How did he not break his ankle? Uh, peak physical condition. That's that, That's the only thing I can think, really. Peak uh, physical condition. He's out of fucking shape here as well. He's. I, I swear he's more rotten than the last time I saw him. He's not as out of shape as I am. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's in optimal condition. <laughs> Either way, I thought he was going to sit his ankle. It did. It did look gnarly. Um, he, he was very lucky. Um, even Natty, she fucking she managed to damage hers last week, didn't she? Oh yeah, she did. Yeah. Have we got Have we got word on what she did? Uh, no, I only heard about it. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, 
if you don't know, I don't really watch WWE anymore, so... No. I saw a screenshot. Her legs sort of caught un- underneath the body of her opponent, and it is twisted, like, really, really... Oh, jeez! Yeah, it's a bad one. Um, she got dropped on her head as well. There's a screenshot of her literally just like... <coughs> like that. So she had a bad day at the office on uh, on Raw this week. Um, yeah, so this leg drop attempt misses, and... He foots it. He kind of sides it as well. Benoit's up top with an Air Canada, which is obviously the flying head, but and it's over. It's it's the winner in this one is Benoit via pinfall in f- just over four minutes, literally seconds over four minutes. Um, what do you think to that one, Brian? Okay, as far as squash matches go, yeah. To be honest, I thought I, I Ethan was doing he was doing all right against somebody like Benoit because Benoit can be quite you know rapid. Yeah, he weren't bad. Mm. He were. He was struggling in places, but yeah. he gave it the old college try, as I say. So he yeah. can't really fault him. You really can't, but uh, yeah, he were he were sweaty. He was gassed, uh, but he let Benoit do the work. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, uh, like I said, okay, squash match, not spectacular, not you know amazing, not five star by any means. But if I if I was to give it one star, that would be really really harsh. Yeah, yeah. It's easily not- Earl Robert Eaton's best match we've ever seen ever. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. <laughs> I've not really watched early WCW or NWA where he's been, so... Yeah, let's not. Uh, next up's a Glacier promo. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, next up, we're going to see more highlights. Blah, 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 blah. Next up, Gene is with Sting and Lex Luger in the backstage area with, a, with an awful-looking sign which is being propped up by a settee uh, or a couch, as, as many people might want to call it. Lex stumbles again in this promo, but I thought it was a, bit, a decent bit of mic work from Sting. Uh, and they both say that there's a surprise for the horseman coming up later on in the show, even though on my rundown, they actually don't face each other on this card. So there you go. Um, yeah, and uh, Wooger still can't say World Championship Wrestling. No, he can't. Uh, what the, <laughs> he's tried it a couple of times before, and both times he nearly said WWF. He actually does give it a better go here, but uh, he says World Championship <laughs> Do you think when he's going into these promos in his head, he's thinking, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Ah, fuck, <laughs> fucking dickhead. You've fucking done it, haven't you? It's live TV, for fuck's sake. Oh, man. Um, I don't get how Sting gets it right, but Lex gets it wrong as well. Like, Lex has been trained in the WWF and the meticulous up there. Vince is fucking right on the ball with cracking the whip and blah, blah, blah. And Sting's just like, he manages to get this out like eight, eight times out of ten, let's say. Whereas Lex, it's like, very rare that you'll get a perfect promo from him. I know. I just find it so a, bizarre. It's such a shame. It, 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 it'd be very weird for me to say that his promo abilities have improved all the time. Yeah. In the last uh, last 11 months since he, he turned up on WCW. They have improved. Yeah. But it's just certain words he struggle with. <laughs> and throughout this, he's stuttering as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I stutter. I stutter a hell of a lot. But fucking hell, let's go. You're a professional. You should have this down by now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you're well, in that sort of money. World Championship Wrestling. World Shampoo Ship Wrestling. Fucking hell, yeah. Next Wait, up... That's, that's Booker T versus Edge. Shampoo Ship Wrestling. Right. <laughs> I should I should not... Okay, uh, I think it was WrestleMania 18, or WrestleMania 19, one or the other. Booker T and Edge had a feud going into WrestleMania over shampoo. Yeah. For, uh, they, the, the, the winner... Get to st- uh, got to start in a shampoo advertisement or a commercial, as they say in the US. Ah, the height of wrestling. 
<laughs> exactly. What a time but, to be alive. <laughs> Booker T fucking wides rave, uh, wave at the end of WCW as a World Heavyweight Championship... Uh, champion? Cha- fucking hell, Lex Luger, you <laughs> fucking ruined me! Damn it! Damn it, Lex! Damn it! Uh, yeah, and uh, it goes to WWE, and they say, hmm, we don't really think of you as a champion, or a champion. <laughs> How about a feud over shampoo? It's a miracle either of these guys got over. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense for Edge, I suppose. I mean, he, at that time, he had the fucking... Oh, yeah, the hurts bleed off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that feud would have worked better with, with Christian. Now, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on, on black culture and all that, but I'm pretty sure that Dreadlocks has a specific type of routine to clean, keep them clean. Yeah. And I don't think... Head and shoulders is that. No, it's not. No, no. Or whatever fucking Japanese shampoo it was, because that's apparently it. That that's it was a Japanese commercial. Oh my word! Uh... Ichiban lipstick for men. That's what I think of when I, I thought of Japanese commercial. Ichiban. <laughs> that, that's it. They, they, they just watched Friends and got an idea, didn't they? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Even though all. I think that was like final season, which was 2004, and that. Probably happened beforehand. Oh, maybe it was the other way around then. Yeah, maybe friends stole it. Yeah, could have done. They did steal Tank, Tank Abbott from UFC. Ah, yes, they did. Mm. That's really weird. That's actually a good thing to bring up. I, I've thought about this, if not once, I've, a baker's dozen times. And I used to be a baker, so that's that's a lot. It's 13 times then. Um, you got to think, in the 90s, like mid to late 90s, if you were to make a list of things that were at the height of pop culture at that time, mm-hmm. friends and wrestling would be on that. Yeah. And you'd think that the likes of The Rock or Austin or something like that would have appeared in Friends. Two WCW alumni appeared in Friends. Yes. That was it. And one wasn't even in WCW at the time. No. One is, well, actually, I don't think I were in WCW at the time. They were future WCW competitors. Tank Abbott. And David Arquette. How fucking weird is that? It is, but I'm, I'm surprised you've only just thought about this, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought about this quite a lot, to be honest with you. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember the uh, the season that David Arquette were in Friends now. Uh, about right. season three. Oh, early on. Yeah, very early on. I see. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Alumni. There you go. And to be honest... I think we've detailed this in, in, in oh, podcast and we've the, passed, haven't they? The magazine as well. And they both, uh, they both were linked to Monica in uh, in some ways. That's true. Um, yeah. Obviously, David Arquette would marry Courtney Cox, and Tank Abbott would kill uh, <laughs> Monica's uh, boyfriend. I'd like to call him. I don't think they ever got engaged. Yeah, it was yeah. the uh, rich geezer. Weren't I? I forgot his yeah. name now. Yeah. Uh, Pete Becker. That's the one. That. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Friends fan, and that took me a minute. Uh, There's a lot John of characters Fav- in there, to be fair. John Favreau, who uh, is now like major, major, major big time Marvel producer. All and right. I, I'm surprised he fucking survived that. Because even, even in, if you want to call it kayfabe or canon, whichever you want to use, he looked like fucking Tank Abbott took liberties on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you see him in that full body cast, I'm like, yeah, he's a, Tank Abbott killed him. <laughs> yeah. Should we should we quickly mention Nick Gage going into AEW, seeing as we're segueing into um, people coming into um, produced environments and potentially going into business for themselves? 
Should we really talk about how AEW got in trouble with Domino's? Yes, that's that was going to be my next one, yeah. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> so some fucker on the internet believes that like AEW are never going to be the same ever again because it's WCW all over again. Standards and practices have to get involved because Domino's ah, have said, come on. oh, you can't put our adverts here. That's just... I mean, it was genius. Yeah. It was fucking it was... genius. At the end of the day, the... it's... It's the old adage that there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. You know, they may have got fucking heat with Domino's, but who the fuck gives a shit about Domino's? <laughs> yeah, well, one, they're not the only pizza firm in town, uh, but two, the fucking thing makes sense, and three, I'm pretty sure in nowhere in them fucking contracts does it say, you must not put our adverts in place where blood is somewhere or someone's being cut or whatever you're in you're, you're in pro wrestling and and you know AEW is not one of them places where there is zero blood so if you're entering uh, an agreement to play an advert during AEW it could end up in anything you yeah. know it just so happens that it ended up in a pizza cutter spot <laughs> with Chris Jericho who, who's you know he's a pretty big name so I'm sorry but I don't I, I don't find this Domino's thing to be as big a deal as people are making it out to no. be and I'll, I'll just say one thing Domino's and I'm fucking shooting here I'm shooting that was a really good fucking ad placement for you totally. and quite frankly people saw bloody bloody um Chris Jericho's stringy fucking mozzarella hair fly, flying <laughs> everywhere, and then somebody goes with a pizza cutter, and fucking you see this red juice just come out of his head. They're gonna think, mmm, pizza, and then they see a Domino's advert, they're gonna fucking order Domino's. Yeah. And speaking I mean, of juice! Basically, it's good fucking business for you guys. It's it's a good advertisement, no matter what way you look at it. You know, just chill out, is all I'm saying. Chill. And yes, I just interrupted that segue. That's so fine. You can, you can say that again. And speaking of juice. The juice is back in professional wrestling. I'm so stoked. I'm stoked for this. I, I like. I wanted this more than fucking Nick Gage. I didn't. I'm not a big fan of Nick Gage. I can't lie. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, deathmatch wrestling no. as well. This also, seems to be very my mind at this moment in time. Everybody's like, "Oh, Nick fucking Gage is fucking awesome." Blah blah blah, and all the rest of it. It's like, mate, no. Uh, the guy just assaults people. But it's my mind. You like that? I don't. Whatever. AEW's I- catering to many tastes, which is good. Uh, but if I switch that off, it's not our thing. It's don't our don't thing. be offended, you know, Nick Gage fanboys. I what I do want to know is where the fuck do wrestlers get these pizza cutters from? Because if you buy one from a store in the UK, you may as well be trying to cut your fucking pizza with play doh. So like, <laughs> I actually got the one that I have in the house, and I've tried sharpening the fucker. And the other night, I was actually running it up against my palm, and it, you know, I even tried digging it in. I'm not, I'm not a fucking sadist in any anyway, you know, shape or form. But I was proving a point to myself that that ain't gonna cut skin. No. You know, it, even I, I've, I've gone to takeaways and I've watched them try to cut the pizza with the bloody, uh, with the pizza cutter and they have a hard time doing it. They have to really fucking dig it in. And it just seems like <laughs> with easy, you just cut bloody Chris Jericho's Gucci leather fucking forehead with. Obviously, we've ordered quite a few pizzas between us over the fucking years. But yeah, I agree. When you go into the takeaway and you come out with the box, the box is fucking cut but the pizza isn't. Like, how the <laughs> fuck does that even work, man? <laughs> the pizza is on top of the cardboard, yet the cardboard cuts and the pizza doesn't. just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's some fucking regulation thing for knives that are fucking constructed in this country or whatever, but yeah, I agree. They need to be sharper. Yep, 100%. Not that we're going to be cutting each other's foreheads with them. No. You know, <laughs> we just want a perfectly cut pizza. Oh, dearie me. Dearie, dearie me. Uh, yeah, um... I take it well by the sounds of it you watched that entire episode so 
Or did no, you I think? actually didn't. The thing oh, is, though, is that I, there is a little way, and fucking hell, it's going to sound like, oh, yeah, he's not watching the Nitros, and he's just talking about it. It's like, no, no, no. I genuinely do watch the Nitros. Yeah. But I have a way of actually keeping up to date with things like Raw and SmackDown and AEW without actually watching anything. I just look at what people tweet. I look at videos that just get posted here and there. Yeah. And I just get involved in the conversation, and people actually genuinely think that I'm watching. And I'm not. I'm not watching anything. I'm just, like, having fun without actually the pain of watching wrestling. <laughs> you know, not that AEW is bad, it's just uh, toxic fan bases, yada, 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 I just don't yeah. watch it. Sim- it's simple as that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just get involved and I just poke fun because that's just who I am. And uh, yeah, and uh, there were fucking massive news. I saw the clip from uh, MDF making an announcement. Uh, yeah, Juventud Guerrero, the juice is coming to AEW next week to face old rival Chris Jericho in the third labour? Is it? Or the fourth labour? One or the other? I think it's the third labour. Yeah, it said the third something or other, but obviously I've not been keeping up, so I don't yeah, really know what ba- it is. Basically, um, what, what, there's, there's a contracted stipulation that uh, uh, Chris Jericho has to face several competitors in what they call the labours of Jericho. It's based on some fucking Greek or Roman mythology or something. I can't, I can't fucking remember it. It's history that I'm not really privy to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically he has to face all these people, you know, and the contestants are all surprises, and he has to beat every single one to get a shot at facing MJF again. Right. You know. So I, f- I kind of feel like TNA did this about fucking 15 years ago. I'm pretty sure WWE have done it several times as well. Yeah, they just bring you back know. the old the old guard for a one night. But I think. it felt fresh when uh, when MGF did it because he went into a whole fucking problem and gave us a history lesson. I'm like, okay, I dig this. Yeah, you know, I saw that video and I really really enjoyed it. I'm like, I dig this. He's bringing history into it, but at the same time, he didn't mention the IDs of March, uh, and I don't mean the Miles Kennedy album, uh, Pope for my favorite guy. You know, great album by the way. <laughs> uh, also a good song, but um, yeah. It, I found out the other day he's a Ghost fan. I'm so happy. Ooh, MJF from Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if MJF's a fucking Ghost fan, then <laughs> that will shock me. Fucking hell. Yeah, a fucking townie listening to bloody metal. <laughs> Got to he, a ghost concert in Burberry. Wow. He, he's going to get fucking beat up. Like, he's going to be in the centre of that bloody... Not a marsh pit. He's going to be in the centre of the wall of death. <laughs> yeah. He'd be MJ death. Uh, oh, nice. Nice. But anyways, uh, yeah. I, that, that promo that he did, like, I think it would have been better suited if Jake Roberts had actually done it with somebody else. Because when Jake Roberts came into uh, AEW, he started talking about the ideas of March. Right. And they never followed up on it. Hmm. And now we're over a year ago. It's like they never followed up on it. It was just what he was saying to Cody Rhodes and then Lance Archer's here. And it's like, okay, you just gave us a history lesson. Can you, like, do something with that, please? Hmm. Like, it would have been interesting. I feel like this would have been better served if um, Jake Roberts had done this. But either way, like, MCF is he is by far the best promo cutter in the business today. Yes, 100%. You know, the, yep. you know it, it, the per... Even the person that's second best is only slight, only just the minuscule of. He only has a minuscule of talent that MJF has on the mic. Yeah. Whoever that is, whoever you, you know, MJF just like one of the. He is the best promo cutter currently, and fucking hell that promo. I I I, I will say go and watch it because yeah. it is really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, 
He yeah, never disappoints on a microphone, MJF. No, he doesn't. Does. Even if it goes overboard at times, but mm. you know, it's kind of like it, it, I think he, it, it's just trying to like tone it down in real in real life a little bit when there's when there's you can only blur the lines so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, when he gave a middle finger to a kid, I'm like, oh come on, MJF, don't do that. <laughs> you know. But, but if he went to go and do that to an adult, I'd be like, yeah, that, good on you. You know, that's what you should be doing. You should be picking on the fans. Yeah. You know, you should just take a kid's bloody sign and rip it. That's what I think. Mm. Don't give him the fucking middle finger or call him ugly. See, if I were you MJF, know? I'd take the sign and I'd attempt to rip it, but then I wouldn't. I, I'd, I'd sort of show weakness. You know what I mean? I'd just, I'd struggle to rip it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'd like, and they'd just throw it on the floor and just have like a paddy or something just like that comical heel type thing yeah what Christian used to do that kind of thing yeah yeah. yeah. I mean he keeps you know. he keeps up with the gimmick on Twitter doesn't he, he he's, yeah that's he's it just living that fucking persona and I do I dig it I think it's fucking great it's yeah probably I do my favourite thing in wrestling at this moment in time is probably MJF and to go back yeah, to what you were saying I, about I'd promos pro- I'd now, agree with that now that Cena's back it's probably Cena uh, Cena's a good promo but he still has the corny verbiage he does yeah he does Yeah. You know, but I don't necessarily thing- think that's him uh, no, I don't. But it, it it does take away. You know, it, it's kind of like similar thing with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes can cut a fucking good promo, but when he tries to do American Dream shit like he did a few weeks ago, it's like, oh, come yeah. on, dude. It just like you may as well just put on a MAGA hat. <laughs> you know, it it just doesn't work. It don't work for him. Like, just don't don't do that. Like the promo that he cut on fucking Chris Jericho last year was fucking awesome. Like again, top tier promo work, but he just doesn't follow up on that when he, you know, if if, if he's gonna go do American Dream shit, it's like, nah, just nah, don't work. But how he tried to do it as well, it was just so, it was just really really weird. But yeah, it, it's it's that corniness that really really makes or break a bloody promo. MGF can be corny, but he does it in such a way that it's still entertaining. Yeah. You know, you expect him to be corny. You don't expect John Cena to be corny. It just is corny. It's simple as that. Because that's all we know of him. Yeah, I get that. I get that completely. What did you think to, um, obviously this wasn't last week, it was the week before, the the, the Sting Orange Cassidy spot? Uh, I saw a picture of it. I... Don't know much about it. I was just thinking like the teasing Sting versus Orange Cassidy. That's uh Oh, if you didn't see the video then. If I think I might saw a gif of him like kick Sting, like yeah. the little thing that he does. Yeah. And Sting just stirred at him. Yeah, that was I pretty mean, much it, yeah. But they yeah. had a they had a back and forth. So basically, uh Orange Cassidy he puts his hands in the air and puts his hands in his pocket pockets, sorry. Um does the the the, the lazy kick. So Sting replies with a lazy kick. There's another lazy kick. He replies with another lazy kick. Um, they both sort of take a step back and stand off from each other, like mirror image. Um, it is every everybody that saw it live, kind of in the arena, were having a great time. They were like, "Fucking hell, that's well funny," you know, sort of thing. The yeah. people who fucking saw it on TV, they were either like, "Oh, that's well funny," or "This is fucking disgraceful. This is tarnishing Sting's legacy. Sting's done oh, now." Come and on. it's like even um, Ian on Twitter, he he put. Um, he put four separate photos of things that have happened in WCW, uh, and then the fucking quote, you know, the old fucking SpongeBob, you know, caps, uncaps, caps, uncaps. Um, Sting's tarnished his legacy, sort of thing. Where and then Sting's there with a fucking Rottweiler biting no, his hand. No, no, Sting is just willing to do business. It's simple as that. Yeah, he's enjoying himself. You know, he wouldn't and, do it if he felt like it was tarnishing his legacy. Yeah, 
Yeah. I know I know he's he's been open about his business practices and he's saying that he wish he made better decisions. Like buddy going to um going to Australia for that fucking uh what were it called? Uh, all, res- all, all wrestling all stars. Oh, WWE, yeah, world wrestling, w- world wrestling all stars. Yeah, like going going to that, he kind of wished that he didn't do that. But again, it's like it it, it 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 was just the place that he was in at the time. Like he wish he, he hadn't done that. He wish he'd gone to WWE. But that's in reflection. Like that's in just like looking back. Oh, and, yeah. And all that. But, <laughs> he wish he wish instead of going to WWE, uh, instead of going to WWE, he went to WWE for a fucking shampoo, fucking feud with Edge. <laughs> Although to be first thing I'd heard at that point, so he might have just got away with it. Yeah, I fucking but, hell. I'm fucking glad he did because if he hadn't have done, I wouldn't have fucking seen him wrestle. Yeah, but that, that's just him going back into saying like I probably could have actually just paid my dues in WWE and you know it had that match with the Undertaker. That's where he's coming from, where he didn't really enjoy being in WWE. He absolutely hated it. But again, that's just you know like that's just who he is. Sting is he, he's been known for being insecure, but at the end of the day. It says a lot about him that even things that he was still unsure about, like going to uh, WWE and cutting baseball promos and shit like that, is that he was still willing to do business regardless if it was bad on him. Yeah. You know? The guy was in a fucking rap rap music video about a year ago, so let's let's not talk about fucking tarnishing Sting's legacy. If you want to tarnish Sting's legacy, quote-unquote, it happened in that rap video. Like, come on, fucking hell. Wasn't yeah. he also in a, in an advert where we were beating up a kid? Yeah, but that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it, to be honest, it fucking was. I think that was... That, that, uh, was it oh, Was it Sprite? Was it a Sprite commercial, I think it were? I can't fucking remember. I just remember him beating up a kid. And I'm, I'm like... sure it were. I'm sure it was basically for Lemonade. And it was just <laughs> so fucking good. I loved it. <laughs> and there's two versions of it as well. There's one where he, like really beats the kid up and there's the other version where he just kind of beats the kid up it's just fucking great and uh, yeah nobody can take that away from me i love it that that didn't tarnish anything for me that just made him it made him have a sense of humor and yes. for years from probably this point uh, that we're in now this timeline that we're in now up until the day that wcw died you were kind of like well sting doesn't really have a sense of humor he's still very dark side he's still very all right yeah he cut a few viagra promos with rick flair and blah 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 but it just showed and but th- that advert was around the same time that the viagra promos were happening so it was kind of like oh so there's that extra facet to his character that you know he, he, he plays into and he, he somehow pulls it off even though he's the, supposed to be the dark crow spooky kind of guy but if, now twitter talks, around, if twitter around the time he's like oh no he's having a midlife crisis well that'd be it he'd be cancelled when he for abusing children so <laughs> yeah fuck, fucking whatever uh, <laughs> uh yeah i mean I've not seen much of that AEW this week. Uh, I've seen I've seen little dribs and drabs. Uh, it looks like the Dark Order thing's really picking up as well. It looks like they're doing some really good stuff. But like you said, it's just that that toxic fucking fan base rearing its ugly head again. And we're not we're not just saying AEW. It's from all fucking corners, guys. You know, it's just. But AEW fans fucking having a got dominoes for having the audacity to complain about something. I mean, they are well within their rights to say. You know, okay, we didn't like this, but don't fucking have golden for it. No, no. That that you know, you just, you, you just. <sighs> so this, the, there was talk I read this morning that um, either one of the fucking one of the news, the wrestling news websites, dirt sheets or whatever, or uh, maybe even you know a, a group of fans or a fan actually complained to Warner Media about it. Um, <laughs> it's almost as if. Uh, oh 
it's like the old fucking thing where it's a WWE fan watching AEW wanting to shit all over it and then thinking, ooh, I'm going to phone up Warner Media and I'm going to fucking complain about this advert. It's, it's put me off Domino's for life. Phoned up Domino's and said, this is out of order. Phoned up Warner Media and said, this is out of order. And Warner have said, oh, we're going to look into it. We're going to investigate into it. In other words, we're like, we don't give a shit. I hope that's the uh, stance that they take. Because at the end yeah. of the day, they've put wrestling back on the network. They must understand what's gone before AEW. And they must yeah. understand that somewhere down the line, as happens with every sort of form of entertainment, tastes change, times change. There could be somewhere down the line in 18 months where AEW has to start doing fucking bra and panties matches all over again. The fact of the matter is that shit could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you're setting yourself up for that when you're signing contracts of five years for AEW to be shown on TBS and TNT. Yeah. So yeah, we, we don't know where things are going to go, um, but wrestling fans need to chill the fuck out a little bit. It's yeah. like, it, it is wrestling, and I hate to be siding with fucking Vince Russo. Vince Russo's, it's a TV show, bro. Yeah. That fucking... But at the end of the day, it is that. Like, yep. you, wrestling's not real, guys. I yep. hate to break it to you. Like, you know... You, you, I think wrestling fans have this this sense of power that they can because it's live entertainment and they're they're part of the audience and now that we've got Twitter as well that they with the words have the power to actually influence booking and this that and the other and it's like you really don't you have a voice but it's up to the companies whether they listen to that voice but when you do silly shit like complaining to fucking Warner Media and Domino's and or whatever fucking company or with something as innocuous as a, a product placement, you know, you are reinforcing the ideal, the idea that Vince McMahon has that wrestling fans are idiots. Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to be honest, going, we'll go back to a conversation we were having a few weeks ago. If you go, um, there was a, what was the conversation? Somebody, one of the AEW women had tweeted out, um, would anybody buy uh, a calendar? If if the AEW women did a calendar and it was like a bikini shot or whatever, but this this was her tweeting that out, so it's not, uh, fuck me, it's not Vince Russo and it's not AEW's merch department, which should be some forty five year old guy fucking spurting out ideas. This is one of AEW's female talents saying, "Would anybody buy a calendar if we yeah. decided to do one?" Testing the waters. Yeah. So you had people in there like, obviously I'd buy a calendar. Uh, I want to support you guys. You've got other people saying, "Hell yeah, I'd buy a calendar because you guys are hot." Uh, and then there's other people who were just sort of like, absolutely not. That's disgusting. Why should anybody fucking do that? And then that conversation devolved. I remember we, me and you talking about it. It devolved into, well, anybody that likes Alexa Bliss is a paedophile. <laughs> well, like, well, that escalated quickly. Fucking hell. But reading through it, it's just doesn't, none of it makes sense. You're reading the replies and, and it's devolving into madness. There's no logic to this whole fucking, it's almost as if people are just saying things. What a shock horror, trolling. Um, just to get a reaction out of somebody, I, I just it, it it proper busts my brain, and that's why I had to that's why I had to fucking fire you that screenshot, man. Because I was just like, mate, can you make sense of this? Because I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it's TV. I, it's a character. Yeah, you fuck, I, get a grip. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like I argue the point. Like, yeah, in 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 certain ways, a character is childish. I'm not saying the fans that like that are are paedophiles or like that. I I just compared it to to fans that, that like her for the character she's portraying and the same people that like Carly Quinn for the character that, you know, because of the character itself and things like that, the characteristics. It's so yeah. funny. Like, the the child, madness has turned them childish. Yeah, the, the, the childish fucking persona. It's, 
I'm not arguing that is what they're attracted to. But, you know, there, there definitely is fucking people that they have their kinks, let's just say. They like <laughs> fucking, you know, all you need to do is go into fucking Pornhub and there's like weird shit on there. Like, you know, I'm an adult, I've seen Pornhub, and yes, there is weird shit on there, like fucking, you know, father fucks stepdaughter shit and all that. Like, <laughs> people do like family fucking things. So there is an argument to it, but I don't think it is deep as what people are saying. No. Maybe no. a fraction of those people are like, you know, they, they like the fucking hentai and the anime because over-sexualized teenagers, not saying that they're pedophiles, it's just, you know, a weird fucking kink that they have. Like, they're not... They're not if they're not acting on it in reality, then there's not really a problem. I probably think they're a little bit weird, but go nuts, guys, go nuts. I'm not fucking here to judge it end of day, you know. But nobody's acting on paedophilia here. No, no. Nobody's acting on paedophilia. There's there's no no fucking justification to saying that if you like, if you think Alexa Bliss is hot, you know you're a paedophile. For fuck's sake, she's fucking hot, no matter what she's wearing. <laughs> Just because she's portraying a fucking knockoff Holly Quinn doesn't say that people that like her are fucking paedophiles for crying out loud. It's fucking mental. It's absolutely mental. I did find out wee hours this morning when I were, when I were doing that video editing and stuff like that, I found out that um, Weezer actually did a song called Alexa Bliss. No, it weren't Weezer. Um, it were um, fucking out. It weren't Weezer. It was... Oh, it's somebody big. Oh, it were Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup. That's yeah, the they did, they did yeah. it a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Really? Fucking hell. Yeah. I don't. I didn't listen to it, so I don't know if it's any fucking it, good. It's actually quite catchy. Is it? Yeah, it, it, it's boring for soup. All those songs are catchy, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, there you go. That's our AEW and uh, wrestling as a whole toxic fandom review of the week. Um, oh, well, I, I do want to say one thing as well. Like, if people are fucking complaining about... Uh, uh, women just turning around and say, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, would you would you buy a calendar if we if we did one?" It's like, at the end of the day, you know, no one's gonna fucking complain if fucking I don't know Ricky Starks turned around and said, "Oh yeah, if the guys did a calendar, would you buy it?" No one's gonna fucking complain about that. You're only complaining it's because women doing it, going, "Ah, oh, it's unsexualizing. It's all fucking gay shit all over again." It's like guys. In WWE, a lot of divas did things against their fucking will at that time. Yeah, you know, you only need to hear uh, Maria Kanellis fucking complain about doing a Playboy shoot because fucking it was part of her contract that she agreed to, by the way. But mm. you know, it, it it's just like it's not the fucking same. These people, these women, are doing this out their own will. And besides the fucking point, they're doing this on Instagram anyway. True, it's true. Get over it. Yeah. It's there for everyone to see, um, for, for my two cents. And I didn't tweet this. I just completely ignored it, to be honest. But um, <laughs> for my two cents, if somebody's uh, tweeting that out, then they're interested in doing it. And if they're interested in doing it and they make the sales, as long as the money goes to them because they're the ones that are fucking work towards it and not, okay, maybe money has to go towards the production of the, the, the said item or whatever. But primarily, if the money is going to the people, you know, that are um, in the calendar then whatever that's it's, it's money for them to make at the end of the day isn't it so if yeah, they're happy exactly. to do it and people are happy to buy it it's as simple as that don't make a pedophile don't make a pervert don't make a fucking whatever just it just is what it is you bought a calendar and you've supported people who i wouldn't suggest that aw are paying them less because they're female but that has been known to happen in yeah. many walks of life and still does to this day so if they can earn an extra few quid 
by fucking making a calendar and whatever. Give them you, the fucking money. Here's my final thoughts. Uh, fucking turn into bloody... <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry. It's like, I really want Nyla Rose to be a part of that calendar if it goes ahead. Just to see the fucking meltdown. <laughs> because every time Nyla Rose is mentioned on Twitter or Instagram by the AW, it's like it's just an absolute fucking shit show in the comments. So yeah, I, I'm just I'm just for it. Nyla, fucking do it. Yeah, well, all power to you. Because to be honest with you, that is probably the most progressive thing that she can do. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see the fucking toxic male fans fucking shit the bed. Yeah. The one thing that she can't do is um, break Britt Baker's wrist, which she's done. Oh so, yeah, that was sad. That yeah. was fair fucks to Britt for fucking carrying on. She's fucking tough. Yeah. Like, she, she did the um, finisher and everything. She gave the lot jaw. So yeah. and obviously she fucking needed a wrist for that. But yeah, what was it? Uh, was it a fracture? I think it was fractured, weren't it? Yeah. Carrying on. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Yeah. She'll probably be out for a few weeks. Maybe another couple of months. But as champion, uh, who knows uh, what's going to happen there. If, if it's a slight airline fracture in the wrist, I think it's something that you could tape up and just get on with. Yeah. You know, you could probably just put a, a cast on and still wrestle and not actually hurt it any further. I mean, mm. wrestlers are fucking a lot smarter these days. You don't need to go the old cowboy Bob Orton, I'll just put a cast on and make it my character type fucking thing and work around it that way. It's like wrestlers, it, it may seem that they don't work smarter, but when they have to, they really do today. And it's like, I, I think Britt Baker would find a way around it. Yeah, yeah. You know, without actually causing further damage to herself. So maybe I- she'll just fucking tough it out. Maybe, maybe. Fingers I mean, crossed. Oh, no, actually, you. that's probably the wrong thing to say, actually, when somebody's got a wrist. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> moving on. because Moving. We're... Yeah, moving swiftly on. Disco Inferno versus Scott Norton uh, back in Nitro 1996. The best thing for Disco to do here is to dance and leave, said Tony Schiavone. Some people have a short fuse. Norton has no fuse, said Larry Zabisco. Some fun from Disco, who dances between ducking a few clotheslines, but that doesn't work out well the second time around. Uh, Norton stalking his prey and just strategically mauling Disco with strikes. Disco does actually get a flurry in after going for the eyes, but it doesn't last long. Norton back on top, wins with the armbar after a shoulder breaker named a scapula by Tony Schiavone. And it's over. Winning this one, Scott Norton, four minutes and one second. Yeah, <laughs> we're, just, it, we're just putting fucking Scott Norton over here, it, aren't It's we? basically just a, a Disco Inferno match. Yes, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I, I will say one thing. Uh, did you notice the uh, crowd sign? No. That said, where's Glacier? <laughs> <laughs> He's already over. <laughs> <laughs> These are everybody's sentiments at this time. They really are. Um, I mean, that- to, to be fair... They have plugged in for fucking months now. It does feel like it, it's been an advert since the very first Nitro almost a year ago. This is way too long. Way, way, yeah. way too long. And it hasn't been that long. It's literally just been like three or four months. But yeah, but that's yeah, long it, enough. Exactly. If, 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 if this were WWE, they plug somebody for about three weeks max before yeah. they actually debuted them. Yeah. You know, the, Gl- Glacier, I don't know, what, what what's he doing? Is he still falling out? <laughs> <laughs> it's taking a little bit longer. Get a few more air dryers on it. Oh, hold on a minute. Right. If you want to debut a fucking character whose gimmick is uh, Sub-Zero, you know, why not do the fucking Yeti thing? Why with a fucking mummy would you 
bring them out of a bloody giant fucking ice cube or whatever it were. Yeah, that's. I mean, I suppose the Yeti, the Yeti as a monster, but then it is a mummy. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't make any sense. See, a Yeti no. to me isn't isn't a mummy. No, exactly. It, it was really fucking weird. <laughs> so all, all, all I want is a fucking ice statue to be on the ramp and he just fucking breaks his arms outside and just goes, ice to meet you. You know, <laughs> like fucking Rainier Wolfcastle in The Simpsons. Just, <laughs> that's what I want. And he's got the hurt for it. Yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a similar crew coat. He could get that shit over. Yeah. <laughs> You've got me. You've got me thinking back to to these debuts of, of you know character wrestlers. So obviously the Kiss Demon, everybody knows about Glacier, the Yeti. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple of others, and the fact that they have to come out of rocks or fucking ice or oh man, like and they carried on doing it. You know what I mean? Like they they thought the next year, right? What we're gonna do is we're gonna debut a new character, and he'll come out of a rock. Yeah, but Eric, that didn't work last year. Yeah, but it's going to work this year. And it never works. Like, you and never fucking learn from your previous mistake. And this is Eric Bischoff that wants to get away from the cartoony stuff. That's the other thing as well. See, now, the more and more I hear from Eric Bischoff, the less and less he takes responsibility for this sort of stuff. It's basically, right, anything to do with Hulk Hogan and the NWO, I signed off on. Anything that was anything else, Kevin Sullivan. So, yeah, the, whoever you pass the torch of blame to, I don't fucking know. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. At least we know the Kiss Demon was not Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> that was yeah. Gene Simmons and Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And Eric Bischoff probably still fucking passes off the torch of blame to Gene Simmons. <laughs> I, I have to wonder, weren't Vince Russo involved in that? Because I know he's a huge Kiss fan himself. He w- No, I don't think he was involved in that one. Uh, he was involved in uh, a lady called Tylene Buck, who was, or is, a porn star. <laughs> Uh, and she was going to be she was major guns right seriously I heard Tylene Buck and I'm like that's a fucking porn star name yeah. I've ever heard one straight away <laughs> Jesus Christ and yeah major guns who was basically Sable yes yeah that was pretty much it because um, he tried to get Sable and it didn't go across the line no oh Jesus fucking Christ but Russo wanted to call her something else and I forgot what it's called uh, I have no fucking it was either know. a kiss album or a kiss song and that's what he wanted to call her, uh, and that that idea got nixed. Probably due to fucking copyright or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. But there yeah, you, you go. can't ch- you can't just change a couple of fucking letters like bloody uh, like your Jimmy Hart making a fucking song. No. You know, changing a few notes. It doesn't quite work. No, that's true. Major guns. <laughs> sake. It, it leaves nothing to the imagination, does it? Nope, not at all. Again, WCW two thousand. Well, to be honest with you, you know. Fucking Billy Gunn and his two sons, if they call themselves Major Guns, that's a pretty good type of stable name, that. You know? Well, I mean, I, I, it, and it kind of goes into uh, uh, Billy Gunn's character, you know, especially the one that he had in TNA when he was um, manager of the Beautiful People. You know? Oh, I forgot what his fucking name were now. Kip James. TNA. Kip James, and, that's it, yeah. And at and the BG time, he was known as Cute Kip. That's it, yeah, yeah. Well, if it's any consolation to you, Major Guns was uh, paired up in a stable with Huge Erection. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I'm actually saying these things and they actually happened. <laughs> Vince Russo's mind was in the gutter, wasn't it? Jesus. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> 
So-called born-against Christian. I know, man. I know. that It's almost as if he was going through puberty at this time, like... It's just... almost as if his born-against Christianity made him sexually frustrated. <sighs> and he was just letting it all out on fucking TV. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Right, we have to really talk about Billy Gunn, by the way. Because people go and say, oh, yeah, Billy Gunn, it was a, a, a fairly good name. Marty, uh, you know, fucking Kip James is a silly name. Who the fuck calls himself Kip? You know, his real name's Marty Sop. Yeah. He didn't have much to go on, did he? No, he didn't, no. Sop is a really weird word, isn't it? Yeah, and and to add it, Marty, at the beginning of it as well, it's just kind of like, God, there's a guy that got bullied at school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor guy, poor Poor guy. guy. Big guy as well. Fucking fucking... ridiculously big. How does he look in in peak shape today? It's The guy just works out like fuck. He's like fucking Benjamin Button. (laughs) Yeah. His hairline may be receding a little bit, but Jesus Christ, he's in peak shape now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I met him a good few years ago at a TNA event, and uh, he is like you never fucking realize. People have said this all the fucking time. Like you probably heard it on multiple podcasts. Mega you tall. watch him on TV and you don't think anything of it, uh, but then you fucking meet him and he must be he must be six 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 seven and he is fucking ripped to shit. Obviously, yeah. Brian's the opposite way. <laughs> I, I was gonna say right, both of them have fucking drug issues. I know Billy Gunn wasn't like as bad as. Uh, as a uh, and you said Brian, not me, Raw Dog. No, yeah, yeah, you know, obviously. Not, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd agree with you to be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> Raw Dog and Billy Gunn, they, they did have substance issues, you know, substance issues. Uh, Drugs in and, DX, no. No, yeah, yeah. Unless you Triple H, clean cut. <laughs> unless it's steroids. Uh, come on, Triple H, you did take steroids at some point, mate. Don't fucking deny it. Yeah, come on. But uh, even Arnie admits to it. Come on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways. So. Uh, you look how Billy Billy Gunn, uh, uh, post post fucking substance issues, just got in better and better and better shape. How the fuck does Robot look worse off the drugs? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, he's he's clearly got health issues as well. You know, he was in yeah. hospital quite recently, weren't he? It was, apparently, it was touch and go. I mean, don't like that guy, but you know, wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know what I mean? But no, uh, but yeah, it's. I'm not. I'm not poking fun of his drug issues. It's just how he walks. He walks worse off off them. It's like it's really fucking weird. I mean, it's... I mean, I, I suppose he's put on weight, so you know he's he's healthy. So you know, by the looks of it, it's just like I don't know. He just doesn't look healthy. If you know what I mean. Yeah, in his is. face, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's kind of like the come down from all them drugs. He's just continuing. It's sort of, sort of like he's in permanent hangover mode. Yeah. Poor guy. Um. But having said that, you know, fucking hell, he took the drugs. So, poor guy, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um. So, during this match, Norton had been audibly calling out uh, Ice Train while shouting down the camera. And as we were talking about at Gene earlier on, uh, Gene's here with Ice Train and Teddy Long, player. Um, yeah, t- Ice Train is wearing his tape over the shirt again. Yeah, well, I, I thought you might bring that up. Uh, yeah, second time now, it's like... Why? Just go. Just, just don't wear a shirt. Yeah, exactly. Show you, show your physique off. You know. I mean, just... you're in great fucking shape. Yeah. Like, come if, on. Um, like, if if you had torn pecs or whatever it is that he's supposed to have at this point, like you, if you went to the hospital, they're not gonna fucking leave your shirt on and just, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just tape you up, Mister Train. You know, they'll, they'll take your shirt off and tape you up there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And it was the same when he was at the computer, fucking one hand typing to all these. Yeah, exactly. That's when I brought it up. That's when I brought it up the first time. Yeah. It was like, but it was a different shirt. 
It's all right. He's he's <laughs> he's took that bandage off. He's took his shirt off. He's put a new shirt on and then put the bandage back on. Just exactly. put the bandage on under the fucking shirt, you fucking moron. Come on, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm gonna I- give props to Teddy Longear, uh, even though he blocked me on Twitter, twat. So it's a good coherent promo for him uh, explaining Norton didn't win as Nick Patrick called for the match in the favour of Norton, kind of like in in sort of a, a KO kind of scenario, I think it were. Um, and he also says that everybody in WCW is a little bit confused about the actions of Nick Patrick. I thought they were pretty smooth segues into into two you know storylines there. It was pretty good and it was um, didn't stutter. He went all the way through and I thought it was good work from Teddy. Um, trains a little less so. Yeah, like the verbiage. The verbiage is fine, but it just doesn't have the the confidence, I suppose. Yeah, and we talked goes, about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? And he's also wearing sunglasses, and he goes, "Look into my eye," and then takes sunglasses off, "Look into my eyes." It's like <laughs> you had sunglasses on. You you take them off beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> also, those sunglasses were fucking terrible. They look like swimming goggles. Yeah, they did. It's like yeah. you're trying to look cool. It's like at least the Rock had that down. You know, he got the the proper glasses. Yeah, thinner ones. Yeah. Yeah, you know, fucking not fucking swimming goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Russo idea. Uh, anyway, next up, um, Lord Stephen Ringle versus Dean Malenko. Uh, I kind of feel like Brian might have salivated over this one a little bit. Um, I'm going to take the reins on this. Oh, you fucking bastard! I wrote like fucking twenty five paragraphs on it. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> You're all right. You can take it if you want. You go. Well, for it. we don't have a cruiserweight match, and this no. is. A- Close to a cruiserweight match so that he actually get on the card tonight. I watched it and I contemplated actually texting you saying, "Do you want to take this one?" Before I watched it, but you were you were you were having a nap. I didn't want to wake you up, so I went for it. Just thinking a little cat. I'm fucking going macho man instead of savage here, but you know I was taking a cat nap. (laughs) I can't do a Ric Flair impression. It's like you do it for me. Oh no, I can't can't do a Ric Flair impression either. Is it? <laughs> you know, rah, 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 you know, he doesn't talk fucking <laughs> words, does he? The guy, just... the guy over at How to Wrestle does the fucking best one. Ah, honestly. Kevin Mann, yes. Yeah, he's fucking so good at it, and obviously Jay Lethal. Everybody knows about Jay Lethal's as yeah, well, but, but Kevin Mann, he is. He he's got it nailed. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the one they did on uh, Attitude Era podcast where uh, Ric Flair turns up on Raw after the invasion. <laughs> he's just good. He, he does that fucking promo to perfection. Yeah. Like, you you actually listen to that and then actually go watch the promo afterwards and it's like, fucking hell, Kevin Mann? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Look, little kid Kevin Mann on fucking uh, TV in 2001 just fucking having a go at bloody Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle. It's like, yeah, it is so uncanny. Yeah. You know? I couldn't be trusted. If I could do an impression like that, I couldn't be trusted. I'd be phoning so many people up. Right, I'm just going to say one thing. You do a good Ric Flair impression when you're drunk. Do I? Yes, because you did one a couple of weeks ago, and it oh. was actually perfect. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember fucking leaving me in the bar either. Yes, I do. I do. I said, don't go anywhere. I come, I come back after taking a piss, and you're gone. I'm yeah. like, where the fuck's he gone? <laughs> mate, I, mate, I had to go. <laughs> I just, I, I got, I fucking, I sat there and I just went, I'm fucking pissed. You did the old Irish exit. I did, and I, I hate when people do that. But I, honestly, I was in no fit state to to text or call anybody. I barely even fucking made it home. To be fair, I was fucking <laughs> staggering home. I was fucking wasted. Yeah, I rang Beth. I'm like, has he turned up home? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I think I can see him. <laughs> I think did I not leave a full pint as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah, Helen drank it. I think. Oh, well, that's fair enough. I think she did. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you were inebriated. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, when you're drunk, you do a good Ric Flair impression. Well, you have the woo nail down anyway. <laughs> right, thank <we're> you. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Next time we film it. You, you sa- right, when, the way you said thank you, then it sounded like you were blushing. I am a little bit. Like, oh, shucks. Shucks, yeah. Or as Ric Flair would say, oh, shucks. <laughs> That was actually the best impression I've ever done. <laughs> right, let's right. talk about this uh, dream match that I didn't know that I wanted. Fucking yeah. Lord Stephen Mingle versus Dean Lenkart. And honestly, I have to wonder if they ever wrestled in WWE. Because, mm. you know, I, I just want to see Stephen Regal when he's actually not on the drugs. Because he did get better. And that's really weird to say because he's fucking great here. He's brilliant yeah. here. Yeah. He's doing shit here that he didn't do in WWE. But he just got more, I don't know... Focused, I suppose, is a term in WWE. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, again another guy that's uh, quit the drugs and got in better shape. So good on you, Stephen. Yeah, William, it looks good. You know. Yeah. He looks great now. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's a fucking hunk in his fifties. It's like it's again the ben- Benjamin Button thing. Mm. You know. Anyway, uh, it does seem like a while since we saw Regal on TV. So uh, what a match to fucking turn up uh, to return to, I suppose. Uh, we have a lovely Matt exchange to start. Regal with a unique modified arm drag takedown. I don't know if you caught this, uh, Mark. Basically, he's laying on the mat and he puts his foot on Lenko's chest for leverage and then yeah. just uh, pulls him over. It's really, really lovely. Really, yeah. really good move. Uh, back from the break and Regal is on top. A cruiserweight exchange with Regal doing a fucking cartwheel into <laughs> an enziguri as Lenko kicks up and tries to go on the offence. Nice Inseguri, that, I might add. Uh, yeah, Because exactly. it, it, it lands on his back, whereas Inseguri is usually the person doing it lands on the front. Yeah. Um, and for those keeping score at home, yes, he did slap his thigh. Yes, it was happening in 1996. <laughs> I ca- Even though I didn't catch up on it, but I have seen it. You know, seen as that's, been, that's part of cancel culture now. Ugh, don't yeah. slap your thigh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice, though. Shawn Michaels have always did that, for fuck's sake. Yep. You know, it's not new. It's just not new. It's, it's like stomping when you do the... Pu- in fact, actually, if you want to talk about things that actually expose both of us, stomping while you're doing the punching in the corner. Yeah. That is worse than slapping the thigh. Because mm. people can actually hide slapping the thigh. You know, you can't hide doing the fucking stomp when you're bloody... Your, your shoulder blades are arching upwards. You don't punch with your fucking shoulder blades pointing to the fucking sky. No. You know? If you're doing that, go see a fucking doctor. <laughs> you might be Randy Orton. Randy Orton does that, because, but he has... Weird fucking... He has the, the... I can't remember what they call it, but his shoulders can go a whole 360. Oof. Yeah. You know, that's why he's had so many shoulder problems in his career. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, uh, Malenko attempts to rally, but Regal cuts him off. Regal with a European uppercut for two and locks in a reverse triangle chokehold. Back on the feet, Regal locks in a full Nelson hold to take Malenko back down to the mat. Malenko makes a comeback with a springboard dropkick off the turnbuckle and German suplexes for two count. Regal ducks a Havelock clothesline and hits a butterfly suplex for a two count of his own. Regal utilises match skills and speed for a couple of roll-ups, but neither suffice. And he gets caught up in a roll-up for Malenko for the win in a short, but really fucking good, cruiserweight-style match that only featured one cruiserweight. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I was watching this match and I saw that fucking cartwheel from, from Regal and I just thought, trim down about £20 and put you in the cruiserweight division. I mean, the... the we didn't talk about this, but the teasing dissension in the ranks of the Blue Buds, because apparently yeah. Regal wants to go for for singles gold. Yeah. I want to see him in the cruiserweight division. If he's doing shit like this, 
put him in the cruiserweight division. He will have a great match with anybody, and he will go toe to toe as well. Yes. You know, I look at that guy, and I'm like, yeah, he could probably do a moonsault. If he okay. can do a fucking uh, somersault the way he did, I reckon he's got the agility to do a moonsault. With his persona, I'd have him as one of them people that 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 sort of teases doing it, but then sort of goes, <laughs> you know, like just. Uh, it's regal all over though, isn't it? He's just like, no, I am British and I do it a British way sort of thing. So teases the moonsault and goes, no, to hell with the lot of you. I'm doing it my way sort of thing. Just just that kind of gimmick. Yeah, um, just jumps down to, to the uh, to the apron and then just wipes his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously you'd, you'd have him do it like once on a pay-per-view or something like that Basically, because he like, had to just to what? show off the fact that he can do it but then never do it again. Like Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle will only bust out the moonsault every so often. Yeah. Shame if he started doing it every bloody week in TNA, doing it off a cage. Oh, that was scary. That was, I saw, yeah. I saw him do that live in Manchester, and I'm like, oh my fucking god, because he missed it as well. That's yeah. the thing with Kurt Angle; he very rarely hit the moonsault successfully. When he did that in in Manchester, and he landed on the mat, and I'm like, oh my fucking god! No wonder, no wonder you're in a fucking wheelchair after every match. <laughs> it's the safest thing to do, though, is to hit the mat rather than hit the person. So. From the top of a cage. Well, the safest thing to do would be to not do it. But <laughs> exactly. The next safest thing, if you're going to do it, is not to hit anybody, just to get them at. If you hit a person, then you're going to hurt the pair of you. you yeah. Know, because obviously you can't control which part of the body you're going to hit. If you get the skull, well, it's game over for that guy. But also, you're going to crack a few ribs yourself. Yeah. Um, you, there's all kinds of fucking problems. Like you said, I mean, he did it against uh, Anderson, were it in a cage? Uh, and again, he only was... gets his arm on Anderson. So you can kind of sell it a little bit, but the um, the actual moonsault itself's there just for athletic purposes and for aesthetic, I think. Yeah. But That's yeah, you're it. right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But well, yeah, um, good cruiserweight contest, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it may as well have been. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. I agree. So yeah, not you not know, too shabby. I don't I don't really agree with Dead Meltzer all that much, but uh, I I can't believe agree with that. I think that's a fair because it it was it wasn't a really long match. Yeah. Again, Nitro is meant to be the taster for the pay per view in it. If you can get them two in a pay per view match and give them ten or fifteen minutes, you know I'm sure they I'm sure they put on quite the contest. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to work that way in WCW. You get to the fucking pay per views and they become they become a little bit of horse shit. But there you go. Um, I apologise if there's anybody sound, but uh, my TV, my monitor's just gone off on me. Oh, uh, I thought I thought that was your door. It, no, uh, and not something off, but yeah, the, the wire's gone loose at the bottom. I can't, okay. be, I can't fix it. So anyway, as you were, and hopefully it's I will pause the recording. I will continue. Um, Gene with the horseman, uh, and Iron says that it doesn't matter if Lex and Sting don't like him, uh, as he needs no friends if he has the horseman. He says he never needed a weapon in the pocket to act tough. And he says he's got guts, and with all the outside turmoil happening, don't think that the last 10 years of hard, fight, hard fights are going to get any easier. Fleur says, this is the moment that I want you for, Brian. Uh, Fleur says, they believe in white women and thongs. You what, yep. Rick? Are you all right, pal? <laughs> <laughs> is that white, comma, women, comma, or is it white women? What is white? The cocaine you clearly bumped before this promo. The fireworks swiftly go off for hour two, and Flair departs uh, with between Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, and Hulk Hogan. The Nature Boy has more playtime than you guys have shower time, and I bet the come down from these drugs was a real bitch. So, Brian, white women or white? 
and women. I have, I do not know what to say to that, to be honest <laughs> with you. Right, because all this promo, it's like, I didn't catch a fucking word that he said. And you managed to decipher that. Even, Mate, the, sub, even the subtitles were like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, there was a bit right. of indistinct in there. But if he says white women, straight away, I'm like, my, my who's pricked up? I'm like, whoa, Rick, did you just say that? Rewind. Play it again. Oh, he said white women and thongs. Oh, dear. Oh, we've got to talk about this. This is like the highlight of my nitro. He's like, it made no fucking sense. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. But why? I'm, so, I'm sat here watching the nitro. I pause it. I went, Rick, are you all right? Like, he can hear me. Like, I'm talking to him like he's genuinely having problems, like he's right in front of me. I just said, Rick, are you all right? So I rewound it and watched it again. And I'm going to say it one more time. White women and thongs. Because he doesn't take a pause. He no. goes, white women and thongs. Now, you go, white women and thongs. If there's a comma. But there is no comma. So he clearly, sounds- Ric Flair just wants white women and thongs. Right, it seriously sounds like the name of a fucking Motley Crue album. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you... If- He'd probably be a shoe in to be replaced by Vince Neil as a bloody singer and Motley Crue at this point, because if, if you listen to Vince, uh, Vince Neil live, you can't decide for shit that he's singing. Well, no, no. Especially now, he sounds like fucking Bob Dylan. <laughs> right, seriously, look up Vince Neil sounds like Bob Dylan on YouTube. You'll have a whale of a time. Well, they tried to kill himself last week, did he? What? I'm sure he did. I have not heard anything about that. Um. Well, that's sad. Let me confirm. It might not have been him. It might have been somebody else. Beth, who tried to kill herself last week? Vince Neil, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he tried to kill himself on uh, Saturday. Took an overdose. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, he probably doesn't sound that great now either. Um, So, yeah, Rick Flick. (laughs) Fuck. He's alive, that's why we're having a joke about it. You know, we've got to keep it light-hearted. Um, it would be really sad if he passed, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's alive, and thankfully he's alive, and hopefully he's doing well. Um, but yeah, Ric Flair could always fill in on tour, couldn't he? They're, they're due to tour next year. Yeah, well, considering that uh, the first gig back, uh, Vince Neil's voice fucking fucked up, so he walked off stage. So, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Any further Christ. comments on white women and thongs? Um, I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> I just can't believe this happened. Like, how much sniff did he have? Seriously, Rick, right, come put, on. Put it this way, this was the kind of promo that he needed to take an ice bath after just to cool down. <laughs> he gave it his all, but yet he didn't at the same time. No, he didn't deliver fuck all. And and this also, I've got to add as well, during this promo, uh, Auckland, he says... And he does. He does it. Uh, he does later on as well. He says, uh, "Just quickly, Flair, because I'm running out of time, or just quickly, Flair, because I'm getting, you know, I'm being told to to, to wrap things up and blah blah blah." And then what Rick does is he, he slows it down, and all the way through these fireworks, he's still cutting a promo. And then after the fireworks are finished, he's still cutting a promo, even though I think the fireworks were supposed to be the impetus for Eric Bischoff and Bobby the Brain Heenan to do a rundown for hour two. Yeah, they didn't get a word in edgeways. Yeah. 
I was just expecting him just to run to the commentary desk and put a fucking headset, just nip Bobby Heenan's headset again and just put it on and go, and this, player, and this is Howard too. You know, I, I still can't do a Ric Flair impression, but like, I apologise because these are fucking, these are getting worse. <laughs> Not uh, my strong point, not my strong point. I apologise, Rick Floyd, for uh, that very ham-fisted impression. Well, that's all right. He, he he cut a promo, which wasn't very good of you, so, you know, it's it's like for like. Um, next up, t- uh, a tag team match between the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. I was really hoping you were going to say, next up, white women and thongs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the WWF in, like, 1997? Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been on the other station, yeah. Or maybe WCW in 2000. Yeah, pretty much. 99-2000. What was that episode you were going about the other day that's not on Peacock? Um, that was 99. Yes, it was 99. It was a June episode. Yeah, it was the week after Vince Russo arrived, yeah. And it was a mud mud bath match between um, Rick Kimberly. Kimberly. Oh, no, it were an October episode then, yeah. Why am I getting June in my head? Uh I can't yeah. remember who her opponent were, but yeah, it was a mud bath match. He literally, he'd been in there fucking three days and he said, right, what you need to do is get two women, get a mud bath and get them in fucking laundry. Uh, and so began the Vince Russo era in WCW. Um, and no, that, no, it's, and that episode's off Peacock because of that? I don't know if that's the reason why, but that it's definitely on that episode. Jesus fucking Christ, there's pay-per-views in 2000 that are more sexualised than that. <laughs> and that's on WWE's side. Uh, I don't know. Maybe um, maybe Peacock are like traditionalists when it comes to wrestling, so um, they took it off because there's a world title match right smack bang in the middle of the fucking card. I don't know. Um, could be anything. I'll have to email them and find out. If anybody's got any uh, any news on that one, you let us know. It's the October... What was it, the October 14th? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he turned up on my birthday. So, yeah, uh, October 7th, I think, is mm, when he October made his 7th. debut. But uh, something like that. Anyways, yeah, I think, if I remember if I remember rightly, um, he turned up on the same... It, it might not have been on my birthday, actually, but I think he turned up on the same week that uh, D.O. Brown uh, and Droz had the infamous match, which never got heard, but Droz ended up paralysed from. Yeah. You know, because... Uh, because around the time, uh, Dio was talking about how um, he reckoned his career was going to be over as this because uh, because of this because uh, Vince Russo was like one of his friends and he was like one of the few people that believed in him and he felt like that match didn't do him justice and it literally happened the week that Vince Russo left. Right. And I think that was actually on October where the taping was on October fifth and the episode was heard on my birthday. That's how I remember it. Right, I see. So, very sad. Yeah. Uh, oh, so it was it was Mona, also known as Molly Holly, versus uh, Medusa in an evening gown match. No, uh, you don't want to be doing that with Molly Holly. No, you don't. Uh, and it was on the October 18th, 1999 edition of WCW Monday Nitro from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, some decent cruiserweight matches in this, to be fair. No, to uh, be honest with you, I'm with Peacock. Take that off her. I don't want to see fucking Molly Holly or Mona, whatever you want to call it, in an evening gown match. No. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna run through this card just for shits and giggles. Um, not through the entire thing, but I'll run through uh, a lot of it. Evan Courageous versus Uvitu Guerrero. Uh, Vampiro versus Disco Inferno. Uh, 
Harlem Heat versus Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, do, 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 do. Hugh Morris versus Meng. Uh, Berlin versus Rick Steiner. David Flair versus Billy Kidman. Fuck it, I'm going to run through the entire thing. Uh, Mona again versus uh, Medusa. Buff Bagwell versus La Parker. Chavo Guerrero versus Perry Saturn and Eddie Guerrero. That fucking sounds like a good one. Yep. Uh, Norman Smiley versus Horace Hogan in the hardcore match. And the other two I'll leave out because t- one's a title match and another is probably storyline orientated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, so, yeah, uh, there you go. Let's For those of you that advice. can't watch it on Peacock, uh, and we won't be able to watch it on Peacock when it arrives on Sky TV. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's uh, get into the Nasty Boys vs. Public Enemy because I think we both want to get out and have a drink. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bischoff talks about the lawsuit the WWF have issued to WCW and that they attend, intend to defi- defend themselves against it. Uh, the WCW isn't going anywhere. And the more he says this, it just sends shivers through my spine. Even with the pressures from multiple directions, including Hogan and the Outsiders, and it, it's clever to put them together. Or oh, the WWF is suing us, but we've got pressures from Hogan and the Outsiders. You kind of molded them together, aren't you? Still saying that they've come from the other company. Blah blah yeah. blah. Um, this match starts off and goes straight into split I'm, I'm screen. Pretty, so. I'm pretty sure that uh, him saying like we're not going to change our business practices no matter what uh, WF throws at us in the in the court of law. I'm pretty sure that's going to age well, Eric, because uh, you're pretty much forced to change your business practices, aren't you, Eric? Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not because of the WWF, is it? No, no, no. They they, they basically got sued by WWF, so and they were like, yeah, yeah, they yeah did, we'll, but we'll stop. They were gonna... We'll stop referring to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as WF uh, employees and what have you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah. you do have to change some of your business practices. So uh, yeah, yeah. Ace well um, did that one, Eric, didn't it? <laughs> um, can I take uh, the reins on this match as well? Go for it. <laughs> okay. The nasty boys win. Shite. <laughs> that's all you need to know because this match is it's basically the same old ding dong with these two fucking teams. They fucking yeah. fight, they fight all over the arena and it goes to split screen. You can't see shit. The only yep. thing that happened of note was public enemy went for a table spot and they both went through. Yeah. That's it. I don't even know what he was going through though. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, what was he going for? It was, it was, it was a sent on into his own partner who then fell off the apron. Yeah, it's basically him. what they do. You, uh, they put the fucking partner on top of the fucking. Yeah, yeah blah. Psychology <laughs> makes no sense. And <laughs> yeah, one word view, blah. Uh, Heenan. With the quarter of the night here, I'd be embarrassed if I was public enemy and I got outsmarted by the nasty boys. <laughs> Bobby, you're absolutely right. Gene yeah. doesn't beat around the bush post-match. He asks Nobbs if he has been palling around with Hogan since his heel turn. Yeah, uh, basically uh, going through the motions here, coasting off the end of your start, uh, storyline here because yeah. they were just asking fucking Brian Nobbs this three weeks ago. Yeah. And they're still on this. It's like, yeah, it, if you want a fucking short review on this episode and pretty much last week's episode WCW really are coasting at the moment yeah yeah they're sort of in like oh fuck land like hang on we don't know how to deal with this monster that is becoming the NWO uh, and the subsequent decent ratings um, Nobbs does reply to Gene and says once a friend always a friend uh, but he also says that he <laughs> he also says that he wants the swubble you see <laughs> even say it <laughs> the swubble you cw tag tiles <laughs> okay, no. who are these fuckers bebop and uh, bebop and rocksteady <laughs> so 
see, see, even I fucking fucking up my, my words now. Bebop and Rocksteady, should I say? I call him Bebop. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hi. Yeah. Go. Off. <laughs> so, as soon as he said swubble, <laughs> swubble you like what the fuck are you playing at? Honestly. So that must be that's the fourth one today where somebody's gone fucking. Like right, gone um, into business for themselves, just I, naming the promotion wrong. Right, I I did catch this and I'm fucking crying now. <laughs> <laughs> swimming, you see, swimming. I can't fucking say it. <laughs> oh man, that is the best thing that fucking Brian Nobbs has ever done in his career. This this is factual. Ah, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ, I've got tears rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> swimming, you see, some. The thing is, he says W at the end, yeah. right? but it's hard to say Swubby C W. Fucking professionals! I'm not about us. I'm not about ah, fucking them fuckers getting paid Jesus fucking six Christ. figures in WCW. This might be the funniest thing I've ever done on this podcast, and like, I, I, I've never been in fucking tears on this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> we just got a Swubby C W. Fine. You go for the WCW titles. Just don't fucking go for the WCW titles. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. You go for. <laughs> is there like some kind of fucking uh, Somali federation in Africa called WCW? Like, I don't. There could be. There could know. be. It looks like it is looks like the nasty boys are off. I don't, I don't fucking know, but it does sound like Swahili or something that he's fucking talking here. Yeah. W. It's like, oh Jesus Christ. Gina. Gene closes oh. this one off by saying, obviously, these guys hit the buffet heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie, between Heenan, Swubby UCW, and Gene closing this one off, it was um, it elevated this match for me, or post-match at least. Yeah. We're doing Nasty Boys, 4 minutes and 26, in a very missable affair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, Diamond Dallas Page versus Charbo Guerrero Jr. Early doors... Uh, Chavo with a nice drop kick and scurry leap over the top to a crossbody uh, to crossbody page who's on the floor uh, and his head his head almost hit the concrete and the fucking guardrail but luckily he didn't back in Chavo is a man possessed constantly going for page via the gut and hammering strikes fighting for the Guerrero name and f- family uh, pride Chavo misses the run into the corner and clumsily hits the post uh, DDP wraps his arms around the ropes and slows things down. Pounds Chavo while screaming, look at your little cousin, to Eddie. Cousin? Really? Um, <laughs> armbar, uh, sorry, an armbar pulls Chavo over his back and his head, and then we see a, a sit-out powerbomb into a, a, a two-count. Hammerlock belly-to-belly suplex for a two-count as well, where DDP pulls him up instead of going for the pinfall. Oh, rookie mistake there, DDP. Chavo with a backslide pin as DDP attempts a diamond cutter, but it gets Chavo the win. Out of nowhere, DDP... He can't believe his luck, uh, or lack thereof, and instantly diamond cuts Chavo, then going to Nick Patrick and stripping him of his belt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, we, nearly text- saw, we nearly saw a little tricky, and we don't <laughs> want to be seeing that. <laughs> and, again, Nick Patrick with the facials here, his fucking eyes, you know, proper bug eyes again, oh. when he fucking takes the belt off. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I was going to say the bulge, but we don't want to talk about the bulge when he's taking his belt off. No chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he whips the uh, the Texas out of Chavo. I don't even know if Chavo's from Texas, but there you go. Some good heat on DDP here as Randy Anderson hits the ring. Yeah, Randy Anderson's about three foot nine, just in case you're wondering. Hits the <laughs> ring to confiscate the belt instantly. Um, 
and then turns to <coughs> excuse me turns to Nick Patrick who was doing naff all about it and points the finger at Nick Patrick for not trying harder to get the belt off DDP. See, here's the thing: like this is one of those those rare occasions where I actually agree with Vince McMahon and the terminology. You know, the, uh, it it kind of it can be confusing to start a context because you keep saying belt and you think a title belt. They don't call them belts in WWE. It's one of the words they don't use anymore. It's banned. It's a t- uh, championship. That's right. it. That's all they call it. Yeah. And I'm like, I kind of agree for audio purposes. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, you say he takes his belt off. It's actually his belt. Yeah. Nick Patrick ain't coming out with a title belt. No. Oh. If, if that happens soon, I mean, I mean, I'd be interested to see that. He fucking he, he wins. He wins the TV title and he's got bug eyes because of surprise. <laughs> I'm all for it. But, uh, yeah, it's his actual pants belt. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, Nick Patrick is now going to the back, but Gene manages to catch up with him and he's laying the law down with him, calling him out on the mic to stop it. Uh, Patrick stays. Police wouldn't charge into an incident alone, uh, but would wait for backup, and he was just basically doing the same. Gene then asks for a comment on the accusations, and Patrick says it's all been blown out of proportion by Gene, the media, the newspapers and magazines. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Tom Cruise? Um, Nip Natrick stars as Tom Snooze. Gene closes it off by saying he's earned some good money all of a sudden and that Patrick's actually bought a new house in the last 10 days. Yeah, a $550,000 home. Yeah. Uh, To which... Are referees on that amount of fucking money? Well, Nick Patrick just turns around and says, WCW pays me very well. (laughs) Well, damn. That's sting money, that is. Uh, <laughs> winner, Chavo Guerrero, four minutes and 30 seconds. It's all the force today, really. Every match seems to be getting four minutes, apart from the opener, which got about five and a half, um, and didn't deserve it. Next up, WCW World Tag Team titles are on the line with Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray with Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry, who are the champions, versus American Males, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, who we've not seen for fucking ages on Nitro. Right, did, uh, you, did you hear what Bobby Heenan said straight away? He said, but he says that the American males sound like postal employees. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so fucking random. I and, did miss that. Yeah, seriously, I spent like a good couple of minutes thinking, like, what the fuck does he mean by that? I mean, I know it's his <laughs> shitty name, and I'm like, American males, and I'm like, oh, obviously they call it mail in America, don't they? We we just call it the post, you know. We're fucking yeah. just rough and ready. It's a post. It's like, no, it's the mail. It's a kinder word in America. Yeah. <laughs> Even though our main postal network is the Royal Mail. I know, but we don't ever we don't <laughs> no. ever say that. That's know? the only time we say mail. It's either Royal Mail or Daily Mail and we don't talk about the Daily Mail around here. No. We don't go to the mail office, we go to the post office. Yeah. Uh, we we say email. We don't say e post, we say email, but that's as far as we ever really go. But yeah, it's if if it's in pair format, it's the post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it took me off guard with that. And I'm like, American Mail. Ah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Bobby? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like, it was just kind of like you were like, half asleep and you just woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, American Mail. Sounds like a fucking postal firm. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's worth noting, you know, earlier on while we were talking about Bischoff saying that the WWF was suing him, uh, whoever is doing the, uh, the sound for the network or Peacock. Uh, actually took out the F, so it was the WW. Ah, yes. Um, that does play into what I'm about to say here. So we go straight into the fight, Riggs getting the shit beat out of him by both Harlem Heat. As Buff gets in the ring to help Riggs out, Stevie audibly says, get the fuck up. 
<laughs> so we'll take the F out, but we won't take the fuck out. No. Why the fuck would we do that? Um, anyway, as he's going to him in the corner, he says, get the fuck up, like that. Uh, and the two continue to beat him down one by one. All right, seriously, somebody fucking take that audio and put it into um, fucking, I can't remember which song fucking Slipknot do, that Corey just goes, get the fuck up. Uh, spit it out, that's the one. Yeah, I, I should know that because I've seen them fucking live. You um, should know that, yeah. Yeah, I really should know that. I'm fucking gassed after this WZW. Uh, uh, <laughs> RIP, Joey. Ah, yes. Really fucking sad news. Really sad news. I, I was fucking devastated by that. Uh, I, no hyperbole here. Probably the best fucking drummer of his generation. Yeah, I've 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 said that for fucking god knows how I long. Mean, I, I, Mount Rushmore, he's fucking he's probably the first name on there. Yeah, I mean I fucking I've only seen Slipknot live, so I've only, uh, the once, and I've only seen Joey Jordison live on drums once as a result. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I weren't at the classic uh, Metallica set to download where he took over Lars because Lars was uh, later hurt himself. I can't fucking remember. Probably drunk. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's I mean that's how he regarded as his his best fucking performance ever uh, yep. but I, I I saw him 10 years ago at Sonosphere uh, not that is uh, I also saw Metallica at Sonosphere but uh, I won't go into that but yeah, yeah we don't need to talk about Metallica <laughs> no we don't we don't but anyway yeah I saw him live and he did that that little trick where he He's on the platform and it becomes up vertical and yep. fucking hell, what a performance. And I read reviews and obviously this is coming off uh, Paul Gray's death. It was the first uh, first gig that he actually did and it was very emotional. They paid tribute to him uh, that day, early in the afternoon. His boy was Sue on the bass stand uh, at the second stage and you saw the, the band at the side, side of the stage, unmasked as well, fucking in tears and honestly, heartbreaking, absolute heartbreaking and... Yeah, they were going through the emotions, but they did put on an incredible performance. And I read reviews afterwards saying, oh yeah, Joey wasn't at his best that night. Well, I'm sorry, if that wasn't his best, then he's the greatest drummer of all time. Because you could not tell. He was on fucking form that yeah. night. Yeah. You know, if, if that wasn't his best performance, then I fucking hell, he is the best drummer of all time. And I'd argue that he probably is as well. Well... I know, I know people go... Uh, uh, Jay Weinberg, uh, the current Slipknot drummer's dad, I can't remember his fucking name. I know his name comes up quite a lot in that uh, in that um, discussion, as does uh, Dave Lombardi. And, I mean, even people say, well, so which fuck off. Uh, if if George Jordison uh, showing you how to perform for Metallica, you're not the fucking best drummer in the world, guys. No, uh, Lars is fucking so far away from that, it's ridiculous. And um, he used to be so fucking good, but he's... Yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, uh, um... There's so many fucking names you can bring up, but and that's it. Me, I mean, the general consensus is going to be Neil Peart in it. Ah, uh, yes, as simple of course. As that. Um, yeah. And obviously, he passed away, and then there's that whole argument about well, if he hadn't passed away, would he be considered the greatest drummer of all time? Blah blah blah. Maybe he is the greatest drummer of all time, but certainly, uh, when it comes to the past 15, 20 years, and I've argued this with, I've argued this with fucking musicians who've fucking laughed at me. Um, my my two all-time favorite drummers, um. And I'm not even Chad Smith's not even he's in my top three all time two favorite drummers have always been Joy Jordison uh, and the Rev from um, Avenged Sevenfold. See, Both I- of them passed away. Both of them were fucking incredible. The Rev Rev because okay maybe not technically brilliant. I thought well, he's fucking better than I am because I can't play drums. But the fact that he he could do backing vocals at the same time um, just it busts my brain that shit because you've got you know double kick pedals and fucking you've got 
both your hands in motion and then you're singing. You're doing five things at once. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? I, and I mean, I'm not really... Uh, I was never really a fan of Avenged Sevenfold, so... It, I'm not it, either. There's the one album. It's one of those things that I've just never paid attention to. Yeah. But again, that's a sign of a fucking good drummer does that. Yeah. Is that, you know, I mean... Uh, I... I, I I mean, if you want to talk about drummers that sing whilst performing as well, it, it, that in itself is just really, really fucking hard to do. Yeah. You know, uh, totally. Taylor, Taylor Hawkins from Free yes. Fighters. I mean, he's technically proficient as well. But you, And then you look at the other drummer of Free Fighters, even though he's not a drummer for Free Fighters, Free Fighters you want to throw another name in the mix, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yep. I mean, holy fucking shit. I mean, go and listen to the colour and the shape. People just think, oh yeah, Taylor Hawkins was part of the band at the time. He wasn't. No. Uh, it was the old drummer that was part of, part of the band and he left in recording. So Dave Grohl took over drum duties and you listen to My Hero. You know, the yeah. fucking breakdown in that is just unbelievable. I mean, and, and then you've got to look at uh, Queens of the Stone Age when Dave was uh, filling in for them and, you know, uh, no one knows. Yeah. A masterpiece in drumming that. Tenacious D. Like, again, Tenacious D, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's so many names that you could put up. But I, I mean, George Orison is the name for me. Like, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I'd agree. You have you have just named my fourth one. Uh, in Taylor Hawkins. No, oh, it would be oh, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. I, think, I, I think the reason why I wouldn't put Dave Grohl in there is just because he's just all round. Ah, yeah, he, he's definitely what you call a virtuoso. Yeah. Uh, I even called George Orison a virtuoso. I probably think that's technically incorrect because he only really played guitar uh and he was a drummer but i also take into account that he was a songwriter and a producer yeah and i mean and, and he was doing that for slipknot he was producing for slipknot as well mm-hmm. um i think he produced um uh uh i knew i said episode five uh volume five the great chapter i think he produced that you know i mean just uh that's fucking talent that's talent Totally. You know, uh, so yeah, I think Virtuoso is kind of correct. Uh, but yeah, um, let, let, let's not beat around the bush here. Like, uh, Well, let's beat around the bush, should I say. George Orison, you are sorely missed, my friend. You are going to be sorely missed. You are sorely missed. I mean, I it, it's taken a, quite a few days for it to sink in for me, really. I mean, just the, just the ramifications of the loss. I mean, I've had a personal death in that time as well, so... It's kind of like been hard to really dwell on it, but he has left a void. Even though he wasn't drumming at the time, uh, I know he, he was ill for quite a while, and uh, obviously he worked with Slick not anymore. But yeah, yeah just tr- uh, he's transverse a- myelitis, I think it was. The, yeah, the, and it really fucked him up, but he kicked its ass. Yeah, so, yeah, it um, was the reason why he left Slick not why yeah. he departed because he just couldn't. The not are just very polit- political; that like they, they just keep stum. I mean, I, I think I think the uh, the consensus, the general consensus, that the band thought that he was uh, it was back taking drugs when in fact he was just fu- he was fucked up for different reasons. They weren't drugs; it was an illness, and they didn't believe him or some yeah. shit like that. And things got ugly, and he got, they basically said, "You're out," and that's such a fucking shame because it is, you know, it's just, it just sucks. It just sucks, and I think I think we've. In the last couple of years, we've seen Corey Taylor for who he is, really, you know. Yeah, uh, fucking hell, yeah. It, it, I always thought, yeah, quite a humble guy and all that. He, it, I mean, he promoted his fucking solo album on the back of shitting on Slipknot on Stone Sour, and it's like, 
saying that fucking Stone Sour weren't motivated as he is. It's like, fuck off. I saw you guys live. Those guys were fucking hella motivated people. They're, you can't you can't say they weren't motivated. Come on. And, by the way, you can't fucking promote your album on the back of shitting on your other two projects and, you know, not bring it yourself, Corey. And honestly, yeah. that album's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Not, I've not heard it, to be fair. I, I've heard the, all the hoopla around it and the it's, title belt he had made, and I just thought, you know what, mate? That's just too arrogant for me. Yeah, yeah. And he's shown his hand. I'll, I'll, I'll always love Corey, you know. But, you know, you, you've just... You've gone all fucking Axel Rose on us in that, and yeah. you just put it put in fucking Stone Sour on 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 indefinite hiatus, basically saying they're not coming back, um, you know, and uh, Slipknot's fucking future, you know, he's still there because the band want to continue, but it, I don't know, like it, well, the way he's fucking going, it's just kind of like. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see another album. So no, I just think not. Yeah. Best is just going to be the future, and that's a fucking shame as well because it just really released uh, what I would consider top three album from them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people said the the self titled. I've always preferred Subliminal Versus over the self titled. To be honest with you, uh, I love Subliminal Versus. Iowa is the got album from them. But yep. you know, the, the recent album is just fucking so fucking good and. You know, hearing him shit over fucking Slipknot, shit all over Slipknot like that, it's just kind of like, just to just to promote a vanity project, it's like, it's just not on. It's not on at all, mate. But yeah. that's but let's not let's not fucking, let's not let that detract away from the fact that um, the the man in the sky now is Joey Jordison and the... I, I, suppose, I suppose I'm just sour because of how he left the band and yeah and it absolutely just seems, it just seems like Corey had more to do with it than you know than what we'll ever know yeah that's what it seems to me and yeah uh, it is it is a shame the um there's a guy you, you can find on uh you can find him on instagram i'm not sure if he's on twitter or not there's a guy called paul harris and he's a photographer who photographs for a lot of big names um uh, and a lot of his stuff you'll see in things like Kerrang magazine and everything like that. He has a like a print giveaway, and obviously you can buy his prints as well. But he has a print giveaway a giveaway every month, uh, and last month it was Joey Jordison, and there were two prints, a coloured one and a black and white one. And in our house we've got a black and white wall, uh, which is dedicated to musicians that we love. And sadly that wall is now filling up with, uh, when you look at it, so all of a sudden the musicians that have passed away. There's a there's a picture of his of Chris Cornell, there's a picture of his of. Um, now of Joy Jordison, um, he's well worth a follow. Uh, and absolutely, if you can grab a print, they are. It's a really special print. It's really, really, really smart. Uh, but the weird thing is that, like, I got that two weeks ago in the mail, and then this news called forty six years old. Um, post, yeah, mail. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's. I, I got the text, so obviously I'm in. I'm in Beth's band chat, and I think she put it in the band chat. And I was stood in work, and for 10 minutes, I just stood there like fucking... It genuinely took me aback, and it's very rare that something like that will happen. Uh, if I hear somebody like the day after Dusty had died from, from ZZ Top, and I'm not a massive ZZ Top fan, no, but it, Dusty but... was in Back to the Future, so I was kind of a little bit like, oh, fucking hell, that's a bit of a downer. I think it's a case of like ZZ Top, they've just been around for so long, and their status is not disputed at all. That's you it. Know, and plus, are... he was like, he was like, what is he, 76? Yeah, was yeah. He when he... Yeah, yeah, that's a good innings, but still, 46 is nothing. Yeah, 
exactly that's it you know it puts it into perspective like you could you could kind of like rationalize dusty dying but you know joey at such a young age it's you know it's just so fucking sad oh by the way while you're on joey jordison fuck tmz because yes uh, what they did yesterday i don't know if you saw it i'm assuming by the yes you did yeah they basically released uh for clickbait the distressing call that one of the family members, I didn't even open the link, by the way. Right, this is how much it pissed me off when I saw it today. I saw it a day after the fact. Right, uh, a distressing 911 call. I know uh, in America those calls are on public domain, mm-hmm. but that does not justify a dirt, the, the dirtiest of dirt fucking sheets that aren't wrestling related uh, sites sharing that on an article for the sake of clicks. I cannot fucking wait until somebody turns around and sues the fucking dick of TMZ because they fucking deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. This is just... It, it's not on. It's not on. It's too gratuitous. It's disrespecting the, uh, the, the family that have lost a loved one and it's disrespecting the, the legions of fucking fans that looked up to the guy. You know, just... Get a fucking grip. Yeah, it, it, it's just not right. It's not right. It's not. There's a. I, I don't even think, and we don't talk about them. I say I don't even think the Daily Mail would stoop so fucking low, and they're fucking dirt worse themselves. That really puts it into perspective, TMC. You know, you deserve a fucking gawker. You deserve to go the way of gawker for the for how you behave for shit like this. Fuck you. I'm with you there. I'm with you. There's a song by Hinder called "Wanna Be Rich." Uh, and one of the lyrics is "at like a at like a shit," and all the kids will look up to you, America, where TMZ is considered the news. Like, never consider TMZ the news, lads. It's just not. No. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's just a fucking. And 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 like people want to fucking you know, the uh, ask why Ryan Satin fucking jur- wrestling journalist is such a fucking prick. You know, comparing uh, all these shows that he's got uh, wrestling shows. It, it, He's got to, you know, got to watch and having to pick and choose between them. It's right, Sophie's choice. Fucking comparing it to a film about fucking uh, Jewish people during the Holocaust, because <laughs> Th- that's what that film's about. It's about the fucking Holocaust, by the way. You know, comparing it to that is really fucking not on at all. And people wonder why he came from TMZ. Oh, shocker! Yeah, he came from TMZ. Like, you know, it. And and that is it's not the only thing that he's done. That's just fucking where he's doubled down on it as well. By the way, you know it. You know it is it is it, trained by them cunts. Like you know, and people can say, oh yeah, the writers are innocent and all that. They're fucking not. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They yeah. know what they're getting into. They know what TMZ are, and they're they're in on it. They're in on it. They're not. They've not got a gun to the back of the head and say, oh yeah, release this. It's like no, they're doing this off their own off their own back because this is what TMZ wants, and they know that. Yep. They're in on it, and it's just so fucking wrong. Yeah. Fuck TMZ. That's yeah. the message from this. And also, it's worth noting that TMZ don't give a fuck about rock and metal music. No, they so fucking don't. The reason either. why they put that up is just because people will just be like, oh, I've got to have a fucking listen to that in some sort of morbid curiosity. I also so think that someone uh, they did this with, um, oh, fucking, oh, what's his name? Uh, his name eludes me at the moment. The uh, the actor that was in uh, Fast and Furious died a few years ago in a car crash. Paul Walker. Paul Walker, that's the one. They, they, uh, 
they had an article, and they took it down really fucking swiftly. They, and I mean, like, literally minutes, if not hmm. seconds after posting it, because it got such a backlash, basically, of this scene. And they were, like, blood and all that. They fucking posted pictures. And it's like, again, don't do that. Yes, the scene itself, all new sites do shit like that. But showing fucking close-up images of blood and all sorts. No, 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 no. Don't fucking do that. It's no. just it's just wrong. You, again, you are using the death of a famous person for clicks. And not yeah. in the right way. And, and, and I don't think there is a right way. You know, I don't think there is a moral way. You know, I, what I mean is, it's like, there are ways to get around it where it's just not so gratuitous and offensive. And I think it's just not to do it. You just, just if people it. need it, then, you know, they'll go and find it themselves. TMZ doesn't need to take it upon themselves to fucking no. upload it. No. It's as simple exactly. as that. Exactly. The, 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 the Michael Jackson one was exactly the same. TMZ got hold of it within 12 hours. You know, and that's not a public record thing. That is... You know, that's somebody's just making fucking money off somebody. Um, but just to go back to what you were saying about Paul Walker, though, you can still find the Paul Walker one on YouTube under TMZ. Oh, uh, you can you can find the the um, the emergency dispatch call. Just fucking, it's just not on. Uh, fuck, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, Lad Bible. I, I don't like their culture and I don't like what they stand for. But no, TMZ are ten times fucking worse. They're the scum of the internet, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Absolutely, 110%. Like I call them, the dirt sheets. The dirtiest of dirt sheets. Yes. Like, you know, they've got so much fucking dirt on them and there's no fucking cleaning it. Yeah. Like, like I said, they need to go the way of Gawker. That will be progress in this. And, you know, we talk about fucking council culture and all that. You know, it's more consequences culture that people fucking, they don't want the consequences, you know, and they will complain council culture. So it's kind of like, it, it, it waters down what I would consider a legitimate argument in many <laughs> ways. You know, um, but yeah, just uh, I, I mean, I don't like. Oh, you should cancel TM. They, they, they shouldn't. They shouldn't exist. They just shouldn't no. exist for, for their misdeeds at yeah. all. Yeah, I'm surprised that brand has, has, has survived so long. To be honest, it's just mental. Yeah. Um, Maybe in Biden's America, they might go all the way of the fucking dust. I doubt it. Uh, I'd, I'd hope, but it's not happening. No. If Barack Obama weren't going to get rid of them, I don't think Joe Biden's going to do it either. Nope. But there will there will be a day where someone fucking sues him. It's a miracle that no one's done it. You know, if the Jordison fucking family are listening to this, obviously they're not fucking sue TMZ for that, please, because I, I just want I just want somebody to fucking do it. I just want somebody to do it because it's only the way only way they'll learn their fucking lesson. Yeah. Eh yeah, well. Uh, we'll, we'll move back onto this Nitro. Let's get this wrapped up now. Uh, we're only, Well, two matches left. Um, we're still in the uh, tag team match. We are, yeah. Uh, Bischoff says it's a lot of work to call this with a referee like Nick Patrick being in there <laughs> while Heenan is actually sticking up for Nick Patrick here. Um, a couple of signature kicks from Booker, quick change rounds with Sherry on the apron to distract the referee, which is a bit of a non-event really because Harlem Heat are just tagging in and out. You know, you, you think that something's going to happen with a fucking weapon shot or whatever. Um she's on the apron just to make sure that Harlem Heat can not bother tagging in and out uh, it doesn't matter because Riggs gets a drop kick off on Booker who's off uh, who is coming off the top rope he tags Buff uh, Bagwell obviously and he's absolutely full of, full of beans drop kicks and body slams all around Harlem Heat but Booker cuts him off and it's a pump handle slam but it doesn't work as Booker loses his balance 
Stevie saves, but Buff is uh, he gets the rehearse uh, the rehearsal no the reversal pushes Stevie <laughs> off the rehearsal. <laughs> See, he pushes uh, Stevie off to the rope and subsequently pushes Booker out of the ring with Stevie's uh, physique. Oh my god, great gimmick alert! You know where wrestlers have like the lead up to a finisher. Yeah, I want I want somebody you know like a vaudeville type character to have a a setup finisher called the rehearsal, ah. and then then. The uh the finisher, which you could just call the performance, mm. or you know, or the the standing ovation, or something like that. And if they have a secondary finisher that they have to do, they could call it the encore. Yes. Boom! Nobody fucking steal my idea. When I get yes. fucking, <laughs> when, when the next wrestling game comes out, whichever the one that's fucking good, uh, hopefully the AEW game. That is my fucking character. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you have just broadcast it to the world, but never mind. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Patent so pending. patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> Booker's been pushed out of the ring. Uh, it's a roll up, but only a two count for Bagwell, um, and Bagwell is now on the outside. Riggs, uh, that was from the kick out, by the way. Sorry, the way that it was kicked out, it was basically it sent Bagwell to the outside. Riggs off the top rope with a drop kick. Uh, Bagwell is also up top, but Stevie cuts him off and slams him down, and it's actually over in this one. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Riggs had gone to the outside to go back into his normal tag team in position he turned back round and by the time he turned round and jumped back in the ring it was a three count and the winner of this is Harlem Heat by a pinfall in four minutes ten seconds another four minute one um, what do you think of that one Brian? yeah yeah Went great. Yeah. Went fair enough yeah, just, uh, next uh, up go on tag team matches are quite hard to really get into in WCW it's like unless Steiner's already throwing people around yeah they've just been very very samey yeah. Uh, particularly Hall and Heat matches, and uh, uh, that's not me shitting on Hall and Heat, but... Yeah. I think that's down to Booker not getting enough time in the ring, because you're splitting the time between Booker and Stevie. That's true, that's yeah. true. Um, Glacier promo, and <laughs> next up, Flair and Arn Anderson are coming to the ring, Sting and Lex are next, Sting is on the mic with Gene, Sting looking fucking pretty cool with that funky little jacket of his, green and black. He says not to waste their time, and to tell the horse, uh, tell them... Right now, what the chances are that Mongo and Benoit are going to be coming out next? They said that all they want all the horsemen out now. So obviously, Benoit and Mongo are obliged. Just as Ho- uh, Heenan and Bischoff are saying that this is absolute suicide on Sting's part. Deborah also accompanies Mongo as we go to a break. Uh, Gene is in as we come back. He said Arn is out of whack, whatever that means, and that Sting has a surprise for the horsemen. Well, this is the surprise. It's not a match, but a confrontation. Are demanding that Lex and Sting team with Arn Anderson and Fleur at War Games in four weeks' time against the NWO. Uh, Arn says that he doesn't like either Lex or Sting, but concedes Lex has a phenomenal body. But jiggly pecs don't win your matches. Quote. Strength and dedication to mould that body is what he requires Lex bring to War Games should they accept this offer. He then tells Sting to rid himself, quote, of the albatross around your neck, and you know what that means. It's the little Stingers. Always doing right by them. Always doing good. Well, you can't. He says, War Games is submit or surrender. No pinfalls. So Sting has to reach down into the soul of the man lying there on the ground uh, and have him look up at you and say, I quit. Gene interrupts and says, This sounds like, in principle, Arn is accepting the offer. But Sting replies before anybody can say anything and says the things they've been through over the years make that question an insult subtly dropping dropping the hint that Sting has, quote, lived the life of WCW 
clearly hinting at Rick and Orange's brief time away from the company while Sting stayed loyal. Fleur gets on the mic to close. Again, Gene says you need to wrap it up quick and says it's up to Benoit and Mongo to decide if they want to step aside to allow Sting and Lex in. Benoit, impassioned, says Rick and Arn have never betrayed him and that while he's waited his whole life to be a horseman and for this opportunity, he will respect their decision. Mongo, kind of pacing around behind the whole lot of them and slapping the ropes, says he will sacrifice his spot also, gives a big fucking speech about being part of an NFL team, which gets a lot of booze, to be fair. Uh, but warns Sting and Lex with fingers in the faces that he'll be watching because if they don't hold up their end of the bargain, what the NWO have done to them will seem like a walk in the park. Dot, 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 dot. Intriguing little bit of um, a prelude. Yeah, to, to War Games. Yeah. Obviously, they dropped in there as well that War Games was actually invented by the Horsemen, which, to my recollection, it was. Um, well, in storyline or whatever. It what was, did you think to this? It was a Dusty Rhodes uh, invention in reality. Yeah. That's yeah. well known, but yeah, I think it was kind of like a horseman idea in Kayfabe. Kind of like the uh, Elimination Chamber was Eric Bischoff idea in Kayfabe. Yeah. But I, I believe it was Triple H that came up with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I really enjoyed this segment. Um, yeah. Say what you will about uh match not actually happening. I usually hate that when uh, they, they, they say, oh yeah, this match is going to happen. And it just, you know, for whatever, whatever reason, it's just like... Decide, yeah, it's not happening. I mean, if there's an angle at play, like an intriguing angle, it's all right. Or, but if they just decide, yeah, this wrestler ain't gonna come out, or it just goes into a promo, it's usually a little bit shit. Like it's kind of like false advertising, I suppose. But uh, either way, you know, I actually really enjoyed this segment because for the for the first time, it's been reinforced not by single characters, not by single stables or analysis or like that. By over by by a collection of different wrestlers in rival rivalries or what have you, reinforcing that it is WCW against the NWO, yeah. and they have to stick together. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely brilliant segment. They all knocked mm. it out the park. Every single person in that ring knocked it out the park. Yeah, just. Yeah, I think this is the highlight of this show, in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know that's the thing. He says a lot when when an actual in ring segment is the highlight of the show because this yeah. is what's going to be WCW's strong point going forward. Yeah, it's it's bang on. I don't think anybody stutters or even even Lex don't fluff his lines on this one. He does pretty well. Yeah, um, the, the one thing I liked about Lex here is that he he slowed down. He really slowed down with his yeah. with his verbiage and took a little a couple of seconds just to think about what he was saying. Yeah. before he actually said it, which is basically what Arn Anderson does. And they, they, them two were just going back and forth a little bit. And that I like that. I really like that. Jiggly pecs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that were, that were a little bit weird. but <laughs> um, Yeah, bang on segment. Next up, it's, uh, it's an announcement paid for by the New World Order. And it's a, a vignette with a Nation Hall and a camcorder. But not in a naughty way. They're pretending that they're in Rome. They're in some sort of coliseum. But in, in actual fact, they're in De Denver, Colorado. Right, well, um, the thing is, I saw some arches and I thought they were in Philly. And the reason why I thought they were in Philly is because I've been watching, um, and for the first time, I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I need and, to start this. Uh, it's quite funny. Really, really funny. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you like a little bit of cringe, you know, because there is a little bit of cringe to it. But if you, if you like 
uh, comedy that is not being offensive but being offensive at the same time. It's being offensive yeah. in context, but you're in on it. You're not yeah. you're acknowledging that these are shitty people. <laughs> then you'll have a good laugh. Uh, I've heard it's not very PC, and that's uh, my... No, no. Yeah, but it, that's my kind of forte, that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not very PC, but they're, what they're doing is they're tackling social issues. Basically, the, the people in the show, uh, they do kind of like see their comeuppance, or it, it reinforces that, you know, these aren't good people, they're not being nice and all that, and they, they, they have to see... Uh, they have to get their comeuppance at some point. Basically, yeah. that's what it is. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's... It's being PC without being PC. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what Can't I wait. It's in a vacuum. It's a real good watch. But anyway, uh, the opening, uh, the opening, um, the intro on it, it actually shows these arches in Philly. And I saw some arches here and I thought, they're in Philly. You know, but uh, obviously you say different. So they zoomed in on a building that was like the Denver something or other. It might be the Denver post office or some shit. I don't fucking know. But they're definitely in Denver. Um, well, that's interesting, is that? Yeah, they um, they claim they do claim to be modern day gladiators, while maintaining <laughs> that they've uh, they've done exactly what they set out to do thus far in WCW. Nash uh, does ask Brian might get a bit annoyed by this actually. Nash does ask what the Booty Baby's doing now that the Booty Man is done, uh, and Scott all rounds it off by saying, "Don't call us, we'll call you." Um, and then obviously, the preceding announcement was paid for by the New World Order. Right, fun little segment, fun fun little whatever you want to call it. See, right, you're saying I'm gonna get annoyed by it, but it's it always it's always sunny bloody uh, theology, you know, it's it f- philosophy, whatever you want to call it. Basically, you know, I'm in on what they're doing. They are purposely being offensive, you know. They're not, you know, they're not working me, even though they are working me into one thing. I'm basically acknowledging that they're just shitty people. So saying shitty things about somebody that, uh, you know, that, um. Well, kind of in love with, I suppose, if you want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, infatuated with, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a shitty thing to do, but, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, no, I'm not getting annoyed by it. Okay, fair enough. He Just, says unconvincingly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, speaking of Kevin Nash, did watch the, uh, the Stone Cold Broken Skulls thing on the network with Kevin Nash. Broken Skulls sessions. Did. Yes, I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, there's lots of... Uh, Drinking? Well, yeah, they're, they're hammered by the end of it. I mean, that's the way this podcast is going to go as soon as we fucking start recording together, so fuck it. We may as well see what we look like on the outside looking in. That's going to be the fucking encore of this bloody recording itself. I can't wait to get out. <laughs> we need to meet up for a fucking beer, and it's 20 to 9 now. Oh, dear. And I need, um, a, I need, I need a bloody shower before I am because I fucking stink. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's well worth a watch. It's uh, it's it's quite it's quite interesting. Uh, to me, anyway, and they do they do go into the TNA run and everything, and it's good to see that they still have that kind of working relationship, the WWE and TNA, with the with the photos and and, and the ability to relax the rules and talk about the competition, quote unquote, a little bit. Yeah, the, for- um, the forbidden door is wide open. Yes, and I think, finally, I think Jeff Jarrett being part of the company these days kind of like helps with that because he would have certain rights. So I heard yesterday that he left. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know where I heard it, and I've not seen anything official, but I've heard. Mm, I know you were a producer for a while. Mm. Yeah, and then there was like a fucking conference call with Vince and somebody else, and Vince actually said, yeah, they were saying that AEW aren't the competition. Yeah. Um, But if they want some talent, we'll happily give them some. Yeah, that's a fucking shitty thing to say, but I'm kind of glad that they acknowledge that they're not competition, because AEW repeatedly said, we're not trying to compete, we're just trying to be an alternative, I think. 
this is what wrestling fans need to get in their skulls. You know, this it, it's never going to be WCW or WWE. You just yeah. pick your fucking favourites. It just doesn't work in this day and age. Nope. Stop with a fucking fake ratings war. Stop with it. Stop with the fucking hope that it's going to end up like this. You yep. can have healthy competition. There is such a fucking thing. I'm mm-hmm. glad Vincent Mann has turned around and said that. Whether he means it or not is a different story. But I'm glad he said that. But that was a shitty thing to say as well at the end. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know. Um But that's Vince. Let's, that's da, 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 that's Vince. Uh, <laughs> let's round this one up, Brian. Uh, the giant versus um, <laughs> Sorry, all I could think of was that's all pal. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your ending today. Singles match, the giant with Jimmy Hart versus Randy Savage. Um, was, was was there a match? No, there wasn't. <laughs> match or waffle, waffling, waffling, waffling. Giant with a chair, <laughs> a good few times. You got the brain knobs fucking thing going on, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> unprotected headshot in there too, just to just to knock that down. But it doesn't phase Giant one bit uh, as he's allowed a few seconds and just shakes it off. Strikes and powers him into the ring with a gorilla press. Giant choke slam attempt after Anderson throws it out as a no contest. Jimmy Hart in with a chair, but Macho dispatches him. Uh, Hugh Morris is out. Chair. Bubba out, chur. Macho is chur happy here. Meng's out, chur, but Meng just takes it. Macho bails. The dungeon all enter the ring, and Giant chases off Macho down to the entranceway as we oh close off. Oh my fucking god! Honestly, that guy can run. Uh, it was the way he fucking leaped out the ring. He just fucking jumped over the top rope. Oh hell yeah! He, he yeah, just, just like, land on the floor. Like yeah, fucking cruiserweight style. The guy has well had some fucking agility about him. I tell you. Oh fucking Jesus hell. fucking Christ! Like the way he fucking did that and legged it, I'm like. If I was Savage, I'd legitimately fucking run. Cause I yeah. think it, it's a, it's that same old fucking story. Because I I reckon that fucking Paul just said to said to Randy, you know, you fucking go all in. You hit me with this fucking thing. You make me angry. Because there is that that story that Paul White has spoken this himself. That uh, in the in the uh, lead up to the match at WrestleMania twenty three was it or twenty one? I can't remember which one it was. I think it might be twenty one against Floyd Mayweather. They had Floyd Mayweather jump the barricade on Raw. Yeah. yeah. And basically before before the uh before they went on her, they had they had the rundown about what they're gonna do and Paul had turned around to Floyd and said, Break my nose. Yeah. Because break my nose because it will legitimately piss me off and it will it will sell. It will sell your strength. It will sell your strength. It will sell you as a legitimate threat to the big show and that's what you want. And you, yeah. you want an angry, angry big guy. You want an angry giant. And Jesus fucking Christ, Floyd fucking broke his nose and he fucking flew out with <laughs> He knew that he upset. He, even he was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Legitimately. And it fucking worked. Yeah. It worked. Yep. So I can, I can buy that that's what he did here. And he got legitimately angry and Savage liked it because you don't want to make the big guy angry. That's no, all I'm going to say. That's it, yeah. I but think um, what, I think Samoa what? Joe and Kurt Angle might have copied that as well later on down the line in TNA when they had their square off. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he bust um, Joe's nose, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, fucking what a worker. What a worker Paul White is. Yeah, fair fucks to him. Uh, and that does round off this Nitro. They do talk a little bit about the at the end, but I, to be honest, I, I, I fucking turned it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was one of them. <laughs> it was basically uh, Eric Bischoff just saying, you want to try us? Try us, NWO. Just try us. Come on. Yeah. We're doing you. Yeah. You know, um, um, conspicuous, go on, conspicuous by their absence tonight, apart from the segment, 
which kind of made up for it, I suppose. That mm. you kind of do, you want to see them in the arena, I think, don't you? But, oh, I think everybody's there for that reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you're selling. Your, that's what you're selling your tickets on. If you yeah. don't see them, it's kind of a bit disappointing. Again, no fucking screen here tonight, so they're not going to see that. No, you know the fans. I mean, get it together. Get a fucking screen up in the arena. Come on. Uh, what can I say about this? Uh, a rather dull show, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, storyline development, really on point. And I don't mean just the end of you are. I think the, the Guerreros versus DEP, that, you know, fairly decent storyline development. You know, you can't really fault that. Um, yeah, I just don't really think there was much more apart from apart from that, was there? No, the like you said, the um... do we do we really want to class VK Wall Street and fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan? Nah, nah, not really. Yeah. But I've got a fucking I've got to uh, say, like the crowd were into it, yeah. and that it, it I don't know how or why, but there Just you go. USA well, like chance. you said, USA chance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, play to patriotism. You, you can really you can include uh, giant savage storyline as well, and yeah. I suppose you can also say. They were talking about the Blue Bloods splitting up, so the dissension in the ranks, as they say. So there is that as well. Storyline development's on point. It's just a shame that the in-ring stuff isn't matching up. Yeah. Because at the yeah. end of the day, you know, yeah, storyline development's all well and good, and we really want it, but you want good wrestling as well. Totally. You can have filler, but it's just too much filler. We don't yeah. need to see fucking, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady versus uh, Zip and, uh, Zig and Zag. You know, <laughs> we, we've seen that enough. Um uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of any other fucking names. Uh, That's fine. I can, I, can, I can appreciate it. Nobody in the world knows what the fuck we're going on about, but hey-ho, we've got fucking Chris Evans and Kelly Brook. Yeah, we've got the big breakfast on the podcast. <laughs> I, I made the reference, like, uh, uh, I made the uh, big breakfast reference at work last week, and people were like, eh? And I'm like, oh, mate. I, oh, I, no. I, I'm really fucking old, aren't I? That's it. We're, we're old. We're too old for that. Yeah. You know, people yeah. don't get us anymore. We're, I, I, we're, we're I, part I, of the fucking grandfather I, fraternity. I, I could have gone Zippy and George, but again, people won't fucking get it. Rainbow, no. you know. No. Uh, no. Hey ho. Uh, yeah. Ratings 3.5 to Rose, 2.9. Marginal victory for Nitro going into a uh, two weeks where there's no Raw. So the next two will be unopposed for Nitro. Uh, dark match for this Raw. Oh, yeah, dark matches. Um, Raw results, dark matches. Rick Titan defeating Frank Stiletto. I believe Frank Stiletto is um, part of the uh, the Dungeon of Doom. Um, okay. Never mind. <laughs> it's just the Stiletto thing from a few months ago, that's all. Um, Flex Cavana defeated David Haskins. The Stalker defeated Justin Bradshaw. Right. You know who Flex Cavana is? No. That's a young Dwayne Johnson. Really? Yes. Fucking hell, that was that was his name when he first joined WWE Flex Cabana. That was his development name. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Little bit, um, of, little bit of trivia for you. Frank Stiletto did double duty here and defeated Mark uh, Lou Marconi. Uh, Mark Merrow defeated Jerry Lawler and the Undertaker defeated Mankind. All those, all of those were dark matches. And now into the match, into the into the broadcast itself. WWF into the Continental Title Tournament. Yes, this is a Vince Russo era. There's tournaments. Quarterfinals. Owen Hart defeated David Boy Smith via count after hitting a spin wheel kick on the floor with ten minutes. Hold on, is this the infamous episode from Germany? It. I don't have the um, location. Hmm. I'm gonna have to look because uh, I can't remember if that was actually if there was a proper finish or not, but I think it was for. Uh, that tournament. Um, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look that up. 
Just give me a second. It's going to take a minute, this. No, it was in West Virginia. Oh, in West Virginia. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, um, um, yeah, it's touted as the greatest Raw match ever. Owen Hart versus British Bulldog in Germany. Oh, okay. It might um, have been the year after. During the match, it was announced WWF World Champion Shawn Michaels would face Mankind at the following months in your house. And oh, The Undertaker would face Goldust in a final curtain match. Um, early in the contest, the video feed had fake static interference with the commentators implying Taker was behind it. Uh, during the bout, Jim Cornette spoke to the commentary team from backstage, during which he said he wasn't at ringside because he didn't want to have to choose between his men. And then they ranted about Vader having beaten Michaels twice the night before and not walking out with the title, and that Clarence Mason was trying to steal his talent. I thought Vader was, like, done at this point. No, he was still very much in WWE in 1998. I don't know why. I thought that... Oh, I think last time we were we were doing this, you were saying Vader didn't want to face off. Uh, Michaels didn't want to face, to work with Vader anymore. Yeah, and it basically yeah. it, it killed his uh, career trajectory in WWE. Yeah, at the yeah. Time. So at this point, Vader's going to be like right mid card sitting. Yeah, up. and then after Kuwait, it made it even fucking worse. Right. Um. Cornette also says Clarence Mason was trying to steal his talent. Uh, Cornette then said Yokozuna had rejoined Camp Cornette, and he was one, the one. That got your court a match fucking later in the night. Camp Cornet. Right, if you're going to fucking Camp Cornet for summer, fucking go see somebody about it. Go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> you... Seriously, you hear of the cults of Cornet and then you hear of Camp Cornet. This is like fucking. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think. This is. Uh, this is like some Jonestown to act shit. Yeah, you'll be fucking made to fuck his wife while he sit, sits there and watches. <laughs> I ain't in for that, dude. I am not going to Camp Cornet. I ain't fucking doing it. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> the cook of Cornet. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Right, quickly, moving on swiftly. Um, after the Cornet... <laughs> I nearly said after the Cornet. Fuck's sake. Uh, after the contest, Smith got into an argument with Sonny, who joined the commentary team midway through the match. Moments later, Cornet came to ringside and confronted Sonny and called her a slut for interfering in, in the men's match. Uh, several in the crowd started to chant Bulldog as Coronet and his men left inside. Oh, fucking hell. I thought they were going to chant slot. It's of the time. <laughs> it's of the time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Vader with Jim Coronet defeated Freddie Joe Floyd following two Vader bombs in four minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, ser- match- seriously, I thought you were going to say Freddie Joe Quimby then. <laughs> it's Chowder. Chowder, was- say it right. Come back. <laughs> I'm not through demeaning you. <laughs> I don't think that's his uh, middle name. It's obviously, Joe Quimby is Mayor Quimby, but yeah, Fred, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie yeah. Quimby's his nephew. Yeah. I am not some clumsy Cluedo-esque witter. I will. <laughs> Shouda. 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 Say it right. Shouda. <laughs> I'm really impressed. I, I am. I really... love that episode. I'm... I fucking love it. Yeah, it's one of my favourites, and I'm fucking really impressed with my Freddie Quimby impression. It is this. Ne- I have never tried it before. That, my two favourite scenes in The Simpsons of all time are that and when Homer's trying to remember uh, a dinner party from the night before uh, where he basically is, uh, is purring on Maud 
And he's like, uh, he's trying to remember. And I'm like, Marge asked him, do you remember what happened last night? And he thinks about it. And it's basically like him, him in a, like a ballroom dressed up and all that. It's got that blue tint. And he's like talking to all these great people. And he goes, so I said, so I said to the waiter, get me out of these wet clothes and it's a dry martini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a fly in my drink. I put it there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's a date for the season. All right. Brilliant. Classic oh. Simpsons. I think same season as well, that. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um, prior to this match, Mark Henry came ringside and signed autographs for several uh, fans at ringside. Uh, following Vader's entrance, Vader confronted Henry at ringside, but Henry only smiled and ignored him. Cornet joined the commentary team for the bout. More fake static interference happened during the match, and the lights in the arena briefly dimmed. Um, Gold, Gold Dust with Marlena won a four-man battle royal by, by last eliminating Savio Vega in eight minutes and 55 seconds. The stipulations stated the winner would earn a WWF World Title match on Raw, um, Raw Championship Friday. Prior to the bout, Austin cut a pre-inserted promo as well. The order of elimination was Sid eliminated, eliminated by Goldust and Austin by uh, Austin. What? Sid by Goldust, Austin, and Vega. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. After the elimination, Sid returned to the ring and dropped the other three men with choke slams. Austin. Uh, was eliminated by Savio Vega via catapult after Austin skinned the cat to avoid elimination in 7 minutes and 2 Goldust eliminated Vega with a backdrop after avoiding a clothesline and after the elimination Austin slid back into the ring and attacked Vega from behind before referees forced him backstage Uh, yeah them two are in the the programme at the moment aren't they WWF World Champion Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Yoko Zonia in a non-title match after a super kick uh, after avoiding a leg drop in 6 minutes and 2 seconds. Prior to the bout, footage was shown of Yoko losing the previous night against Steve Austin during the free-for-all before SummerSlam. And midway through the contest, Jim Cornette... Fucking hell, Jimmy. Jim Cornette came to ringside to be in Yoko's corner. Minutes later, Cornette hit Lothario from behind with his tennis racket and then ran backstage backstage like the little pussy that he is. Yeah, fucking Cornette's all over the, all over the show like a fucking man all over his wife, innit? You know, <laughs> at his, at, and at his fucking command <laughs> stand to attention but I think he was booking TV at this time Cornette as well so probably yeah, yeah probably well that's that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up it's been uh, it's been a quite a long episode this we've covered quite a lot of topics the sad passing of uh, well <laughs> it feels like fucking f- 10 people have died this week to be honest I know um, sad passings AEW and you know this TMZ TMZ reasonable shit show of a WCW Nitro as well we're hoping we'll be back on point for the next episode of this Nitrogen podcast and of course WCW Nitro fingers crossed um, for me Marvelous Mark Ashworth and for Brian Talks Crap over there at Brian Talks Crap at Nitrogen Cast is where you can catch us both the preceding announcement was paid for by the Nitrogen podcast I'm back I'm not through demeaning you it's Chowder Chowder <laughs>